coming up on Telling the Odds. No real news to get to, so straight into the Last Jedi discussion. But this time, Trey returns to give us his Last Jedi hot takes. Coming up now. Hello everybody, welcome back to Telling the Odds. It is Monday the 12th of October, or Sunday, uh, as you, where you are, where you are, Trey. Uh, but uh, yeah, happy to happy to be back, and uh, we've got a uh, great show for you guys today. We're going to have a um, pretty intricate discussion. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm, I've been excited. We've got, we've got Trey back for another episode. Uh, he requested Woo-hoo. himself to join back, yes. so uh, hopefully he enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it last time. We didn't scare him off, so uh, yeah. And uh, it's a good good topic to do too, because like, you know, we chose a very uncontroversial film that no no mm-hmm. real Star Wars fans Ed, had ever had any real opinions There's on, real, so we thought the, that'd be yeah. a good one to try and, yeah. you know, all collectively agree on, you know. There's really <laughs> just one side to this argument, as there is for a lot of yeah. Star Wars, really. Oh, exactly. Yeah, no divisiveness. The movie kind of come and went, actually. Really no fervor. Made a few dollars and yeah. left the theaters after a couple really weeks. Left really left no cultural really significance bad. or... Yeah. <laughs> um, Didn't fundamentally change the way we block, we make blockbusters. No, anything like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, as you guys most likely heard in the cold open, uh, we don't have a lot of news this week because there has quite literally been no news Star Wars related or at least nothing really tangible for us How to have a, this a proper discussion about. But that's okay. I mean, you know, the Star Wars creators are in lockdown too. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so uh, as part They're of our... building up for for a Mandalorian and the end of the month. That's, exactly, that's what that's, it is. that's what oh, that's, right. that's what we got. Yeah. That's what we got coming. I, I did. Yeah, I did see that trailer, and uh, I immediately thought of you guys. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna love this." Yeah, <laughs> this is right there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, we may or may not have done an hour and a half episode breakdown of the entire trailer, or so. But yeah, frame by frame, you got to you yeah. theorize who that one lady <laughs> yeah, is don't, don't, like, we that looks at Mando in that one shot. Yeah, yeah. no, we we yeah. weren't like those videos where like oh this patch of ice looks like this so therefore Snoke confirmed or (laughs) 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 my favorite Snoke theory is that he's the guy that bumps his head on the Death Star in episode I heard that theory ages ago and I that's been my theory from day one he's got really yeah yeah there'll be essays written about how much you can't say about Snoke but (laughs) but, uh yeah (laughs) first rule Star Wars Club you don't talk about Snoke Yeah. yeah Um, well, yeah, so guys, as part of our uh, Skywalker Saga retrospective, we, we, we did Force Awakens last week, and Michael and I had a, had a quite a long discussion about it. It ended up being, I think, one of our, our, our longest episode longest to date. Episode. Um, so today, we're going to move on to Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, directed and written, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Um, mm. So guys, this was a movie. Uh, this was a. It was a movie. Uh, <laughs> I, it was indeed a movie that they made and put out. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think something that you know <laughs> would uh, would work great is last week Michael and I did this before we got into the main crux of the movie. It's just a way to start out the mm-hmm. discussion. Um, we asked the very simple yes or no question: Do you like you know Force Awakens? So let's go around the uh, the table or the 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 Google Meets chat, as it were. Um, okay. Yeah, Michael. Yes or no? Hell yeah. You do like the la- I love you, you hell yeah, so you like good. the last Jedi. Uh yes or no, Trey? Do you like the last Jedi? Yes with 27 S's. <laughs> yeah. 
That's perfect. I thought you were about to say yes with 27 caveats. I'm like, oh, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> um, yeah, I will say yes. I do like the do. I do like the Last Jedi. Um, yes. So we're going to get into it now. And um, I know that Trey, you've made a lot of notes. I made a lot of notes in my own time after having rewatched this movie again. Um, I hadn't watched it in a while, so it was um, it, it was an interesting experience to go into it again having the sequel trilogy been completed, because this is the first time I'd watched The Last Jedi since the sequel trilogy wrapped up. And I was looking back on it, and I'm just like, this was really the the stepping off point when they uh, gave Ryan Johnson just complete creative freedom to do whatever he wanted. And some and, and that worked for a lot of people, and it didn't work for a lot more people, seemingly. Um, because to this day, it seems as though that the people who don't like The Last Jedi are stronger than the ones that, that do. Or I could be wrong, but that's all. It's a, a, very often just the consensus that I get. Where, I would say they're, they're at least louder. Exactly. I, I think there are plenty of wonderful <laughs> videos praising The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, Film yeah. Joy did a great one recently, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Trey, you probably got a, a better idea as to, as to where you'd want to start. So I, I guess Last Jedi, um, you know... I don't want to say opening um, statement. It sounds like a debate, but... Uh, <laughs> I can't give an opening statement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Moderator, yes. Um, I guess we can talk about the movie in terms of arcs, right? Because I think everyone involved in this film, whether the fans, the characters, or the creators, go on some kind of arc, right? Yeah. When I first saw the movie in 2017, I walked out feeling probably closer to you, Jack, than I do now. I was sitting on like a seven and a half. You're probably lower than that, but I... I was like, I was, I enjoyed it and I thought it had some really fun moments, um, but I was confused as to how it, how complete it felt for a second part in the trilogy. Um, I didn't understand necessarily all the ideas that I think they were going for. And I believe my exact tweet was, what now? And and I, I, I respected it more than I enjoyed it, I think. Uh, and I And then, of course, on the Movie Mania podcast, we talked about this and we debated what worked and what didn't and, and for hours upon hours. And I didn't really revisit it for almost a year. I think I ended up rewatching it once they put it on Netflix. And the more I found myself watching it, the more I found myself enjoying it. And the more I found myself away from the overall discourse of Star Wars fans and, and how people respond to the movie, because I found myself at odds with Star Wars fans when The Force Awakens came out, because the big kind of, I think the, the biggest critique of that movie, besides it being like a remake of A New Hope, which in many ways it was, was that you know, Ray was this Mary Sue character who didn't earn anything that she had gone through. And I was that was a big point of contention for me. I was like, of course she went through a lot. Did you watch the movie? And so I found myself completely negating the negativity of Last Jedi and trying to embrace the positivity. And in trying to embrace it, I watched uh just different people talk about it and then going back and rewatching it under the context of who ryan johnson is and what his create what his creative career has been so far i just realized that that was the star wars movie i would make if i had that kind of capability um and creative freedom and now every time i go back and watch the movie i just find 10 new things to love or i find 40 new 40 old things that i can appreciate to where now i feel like when I hear the name Last Jedi, I become like Yoda in the movie, where I just kind of float in, smile, laugh, give some lectures, and then leave. Right? <laughs> I just that—that's how I feel about the movie. Yeah. No. You know what? So Something that you said uh, that really 
um, you know, emphasized exactly how I felt walking out of walking out of Last Jedi because you know what? It was very late when I saw it because I actually saw the midnight screening mm-hmm. on opening day. Um, yeah. or bit, I went ten thirty to the yeah, IMAX or opening yeah. night in yeah. this case. So basically, by the time I left, it was like two thirty three a.m. in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing was really really stuck in my head is that you're absolutely right, Trey. It felt so final for chapter two mm-hmm. in a trilogy. Like, you know, even in the last fight, Kylo Ren says the resistance is dead, the war is over, and like stuff like that. I'm like, you mm-hmm. do realize there's a third film in this trilogy that's about to come. And that's that's like the first thing yeah. I thought. But um, uh, something that you, you know, really touched on, something that I always think is really something you can't fault in this movie is how it looks. Because Ryan Johnson, uh, regardless of how much people enjoy yes. his, his screenwriting, the direction in this film and how it looks aesthetically is beautiful. That's something that... Um, that was my first note. Yeah. I just wrote Stevie Adlin in all caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I um, for me... Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think when it's really the only comment you'll find from George Lucas regarding The Last Jedi, when he said the first yeah. thing he thought of it is that would it was beautifully made. And it absolutely is. It's a beautifully mm-hmm. made film. That's something that you can't really fault it for. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people have problems with something like the, the Holdo maneuver, but the shot that comes right after when the Erratus just shoots through the fleet like a bullet is maybe the most beautiful scene and shot in all of Star Wars. But... Um, that's something that, you know, I really love about the movie. Michael, what were you about to say? Sorry. I was saying like with Force Awakens, we definitely, when we were watching it, we highlighted the fact that like the score was like incredible. And like, I think the, the mix mix of like practical effect effects again with like newer technology and CGI. Yeah, meant all that, the like, puppets. Exactly. That one overall, bird that's like, like slapping that piece of metal as Rage yeah. Rose and Jakku. Yeah. It's my like, favorite puppet in the movie. Yeah. Exactly. It had a great, like great feel and look to it. And, and this last Jedi definitely captures that as well, but it just adds an extra like, like filmmaking quality to it. Like mm-hmm. the cinematography alone in some of the shots, like one of the ones where it's like going down the planet past the uh, escape pods, um there are some other ones which like capture the scale of certain like things it like it it in itself is like a major part of why this film is like so enjoyable to me just like watching it has it it, it reminds me of when quran did harry potter alfonso crone did prisoner of yes absolutely it just it just hits difference i think visually (laughs) speaking i don't know like because you go from chamber of secrets to prisoner of azkaban and like there's there's handhelds there's dollians like everything has a wispiness to it and thematically it fits with what quran wants to do right and i felt the same way with how Ryan Johnson shot Last Jedi. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson are very visual directors, but in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yes. That, that Harry Potter um, comparison that you just made, Trey, is absolutely right because Chris Columbus with uh, Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, there's always this sense of this um, this glow and wonderment for the first two movies that is just yeah, on display orange. at all times. Yeah. Exactly, very orange. That's, that's exactly right. And then, like, you know, when you watch a movie like Prisoner of Azkaban and you literally get, like, cold shivers when the Dementor just drags its hand along the the door as it opens it in the on the on the train i mean i'm not sure how many potter mm-hmm. fans we have listening but you guys will get it um and it's it's surely there's a carryover right yeah i'm Come sure on. there is <laughs> um they, they go it's it's the same for the disparity and the you know the subsequence between force awakens and last jedi because of the different styles that um abrams and johnson have and you're absolutely right michael it's not only the 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 radis you know uh holdo maneuver shot it's shots just like the one where kylo and ray are fighting uh, are like you know in a force tug of war for the lightsaber and there's like that perfectly Mm -hmm. centered shot as they get dragged and the dust just goes everywhere it's 
look, that's something that, again, you just can't fault this movie for how beautiful it looks. And yeah. Um, but something that you brought up, uh, Trey is the, is the arcs of the characters. And, uh, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. When you say that not only the characters went through arcs, but the, um, mentality towards Star Wars in general definitely changed for a lot of people, including the, the fans, as well as, you know, people like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, which we've done a lot of, you know, um, uh, talks about now that the whole sequel trilogy is over. But um, if you want to look at someone like uh, like Poe, because I think that Poe has the best arc in this movie, only because it's the one that's the uh, the most concise. It might not be my favorite, but it's I think that's the one that's the best explored because it obviously starts out with him, one of the most, featured, yeah, getting yeah. the entire fleet yeah. basically killed, and it's all about yeah. him learning throughout the film. Yeah, to... I, I appreciate the detail in that arc yeah. as well. There, there, there are lines in that movie specifically, like before. Like, it's little bits, like, when, right before, uh, the fir- or as the First Order shows up, and Leia's about to say they tracked us through light speed, Poe is, before even all of that happens, Poe is ready to take them into light speed again. It's actually Poe's line that leads Leia to suggest, wait a minute, they've tracked us through light speed. He is so gung-ho to save the day yeah. that he can't think of any other possibility. I'm like, that's so smart. Yeah. That's all right, you were saying. One of my favorite lines in Last Jedi is that, you know, when Poe says that there were heroes on that mission... Leia says, mm-hmm. uh, dead heroes, no leaders, you know, like that, yes. that, that just emphasizes, yeah, it just emphasizes to, to, um, it, that there were, that there were no leaders on that mission because Poe wasn't acting like a leader. He was acting like this gung, like this gung ho, uh, pilot that he needs to snap himself out of. And it was actually something that Carrie Fisher said in director of the Jedi, the documentary for the last Jedi, that in a lot of ways, Leia sees Poe like Han. He sees him a lot like a young mm-hmm. Han is that like, you know, he, he is the one who's just like you said, he's as soon as they realize they tracked us through light speed, he's instantly going to like, okay, let's just jump to light speed again. He's so um, transfixed on being the one who does the thing that he's not able to see the big picture. And, um, and it's wrapped up in the way that when he has that moment on crate, when he says, no, 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 no where like, you know, we can't beat this. Let's retreat. Let's fall back. And let's like, you know, let's think this through. And that's sort of the way that the rap, the arc wraps up in a lot of ways. And honestly, mm-hmm. um, that's, if this is something that like, you know, it's just a, a smaller, smaller thing, but I think something that would have, uh, just emphasized the finality of his arc in going from this person who's like, no, I need to be the one who blows up the dreadnought single-handedly to, yeah, let's go out because we're not going to win this. I think a lot, in a lot of ways, Poe should have been the one to ram into Finn and save the day instead of instead of Rose, because that sort of shows that, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, I'm not going to, we can't, you know, just afford to lose one person for something that's not even going to work. That's just something that I've always thought, and, um, but yeah. So, that's my I, thought on Poe's arc specifically, that. but yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Poe's arc is definitely, as you said, like, one of the main, like, featured parts, and a lot of, uh, unlike maybe something with, like, Finn where his 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 scenes are more like have plot elements like part of it like in terms of progression the story or like rain stuff a lot of the scenes which are about developing finn uh, sorry poe's arc are more character based aren't actually necessarily like driving the plot too much forward um but i think that kind of works in in great contrast to poe's character because he's a very action-based hero and ryan johnson literally blows up his like his piece of action that he's supposed to use so that poe has to sit still yeah this, yeah, this is a pretty slow film. Like, in terms mm-hmm. of... It, it's quite long. It's, like, two and a half hours. But 
in terms of what actually happens, a lot of the film is just waiting in like the ship or like waiting yeah, for. It's got a cracking start yeah. for the first twenty minutes, oh, and then exactly. it stops. I, I love it. Yeah. yeah, and so like I think this idea of like Poe having to wait for others to do things when he's just wanting to jump in the next wing and blow things up is it's really interesting. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. and that that definitely adds to the character in terms of like a meta element to it outside of what's actually happening on screen. This movie's so meta. What you want to get into? So good. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's in a lot of ways that's what a second chapter in a, in a trilogy is supposed to do like you know the force awakens was the one that was like non-stop action and got us back into this universe which is mm. really what this tri- really what star wars needed in 2015 and then 20 and yeah. then um in one by the time last jedi come out rogue one had, al- had already come out we'd gotten a lot of we'd gotten the sense of um yeah star wars is enjoyable and fast-paced again so last jedi was mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's no secret. It was jarring for a lot of people because this movie took a different step, which is, yeah, we're going to get you hooked with a with a fight scene literally the moment the movie starts. But for the rest of the movie, it's going to be a lot of, you know, um, yeah. uh, slow burn character moments that really sort yeah, of... It's probably the most Watchmen Star Wars is ever going to be able to get, <laughs> yeah. I think, like in terms of like being able to deconstruct. I actually wrote down throughout the, throughout the movie... This is the first time Ryan Johnson's emasculated Poe Dameron. And, like, I just kept doing that <laughs> over the course of the movie. Yeah. I think it's really nice that, like, the idea of the big masculine hero has to, like, get his own served back to him by these really strong female characters. And I love the genius while we're still talking about Poe. I love the, the genius of using a character we've never heard of before. I know there was a lot of call for, like, using Admiral Ackbar more before they killed him off. And I understand the want for something like that. Yeah. But the idea of, like bringing in this character we've never heard of in Vice Admiral Hodo that not only surprises Poe, but then tour surprises the audience to like really sit Poe down and say, listen, you're not, we don't need what you are right now. So just sit still and we're going to be okay. Something that I presume she and Leah had talked about previously. And I love the idea that Poe just can't do that. And that's what gets so many people killed throughout the course of the entire movie. Yeah. And well, that's the thing about like the rebels, right? Like they're, they're clearly like resistance fighters slash rebels. So like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel like their idea of hierarchy and like following chain of command and like not necessarily just wanting to just straight up blow things up is always going to be quite expected. Like Poe's yeah. in the resistance for a reason. He clearly doesn't like uh, authority figures very much. Yeah. You know what? I think he likes himself to be an authority figure. Yeah. But, and yeah. That's actually, you know what? It's something I noticed upon, you know, not only when I've watched the movie for the very first time, but also upon rewatch, is how many times that this uh, movie and, you know, ergo Ryan Johnson, because he did write the film, um, refers to them as the rebels and the rebellion um, again, uh, rather mm-hmm. than the resistance, because there was a strong. They really wanted to re-brand. Yeah, it's because there's in Force Awakens, you never hear the word rebellion. It's always resistance. But then, you know, when Holder's about to die, she says, Godspeed, rebels. When Luke is about to, you know, when Luke in this fight yeah. with Kylo, he says, The rebellion is reborn today and stuff. Like, you know, it was almost as, as if they were really trying to emphasize, No, 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 we're going back to the rebellion. But something that you were talking about with Holder and. You did mention Admiral Akbar, and again, this isn't something that you can really critique the film for because it's not like you know a huge thing. I don't like to focus on the the smaller like you know things that don't really matter to the story because that's something that I'm really going to judge sure. the movie r- movie on. But Admiral Akbar being my favorite char- background character and ha- and hearing yeah. the fact that he died off screen was really frustrating for me. But yeah. I, that, that's something I can't like again. It's something that I don't like the movie for, but it's not really something that I can go like, mm, I hate this movie because of it, because it's just a small thing. Yeah, but, um, It's a very dense story. I mean, there's been videos chronically about how compactly written Ryan Johnson's trying to make these, like, essentially nine central characters 
and and I understand that the idea of because there are characters that I like, like I'm a big R two D two fan, and this trilogy gives him. Can I swear on this podcast? I yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, this this sequel trilogy gives him fuck all to do, Absolutely. and <laughs> you know, and and it, like Not I love BB eight, but I'm like R two gets the be- one of the best scenes in the movie, but still, like I just feel like. Yeah, you, sometimes things have to get sacrificed for the sake of writing yeah. a, a concise script. Like, to know? this day, I still really don't like how the sequel trilogy handled not only R2-D2, but Chewbacca. Because because uh, oh, because as it, yeah. he's more prominent in Rise of Skywalker for the, you know, the weird part that he plays in that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, trust me, I know. Um, but in Last Jedi, he really becomes, like, a glorified taxi driver. And, and like, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he, he sits by on the, on Arcto while Rey is being Jedi'd, like, you know, cooking, cooking mm-hmm. porgs. And, you know, he has that moment where he does, like, shoot Rey out of the escape pod onto, you know, back out into the fleet. And then he immediately jumps back into hyperspace. He admittedly does have one of my favorite sequences of the movie where he has that TIE fighter, uh, like, you know, chase on crate and the original tie fighter theme oh, yeah. music plays that's one of my favorite scenes to just re-watch like youtube clips to just look up um but i still don't really like the way the the movie the movie handled him but getting yeah. back to holdo yeah, like you were talking yeah about, solo's definitely your movie for that if you want more true yeah no for sure um but you know you would you talked about holdo trey and uh, in a lot of ways i agree with you in that you know they said that you know he he's he's coming to her and saying like you know i want answers blah 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 and a lot of people have come to you know in the in the discussions uh in the you know socio-political discussions that this movie you know brought to life a lot of ways people were saying you know oh it's because a woman doesn't need to bow to a man and stuff look i a lot of people have that view but if you look at it in just through the simplest perspective of the arc that ryan johnson was trying to give to poe it's basically holdo saying like you know he, he she, she she says it when they first meet like wasn't it um, mm-hmm. Leia's first com- uh, last command to demote you when we lost our entire bombing fleet. Like there is yeah. no, you know, contextual reason why Holdo would feel the need to answer to this guy. Like, and, and, and yeah, it's, it, I, I, in a lot of ways, I, I mean, think it's the, as simple the movie as that. Is, the movie is hilariously unsubtle upon rewatching. It's unsubtle in, in everything it's trying to say. And I found that's why I find yeah. some critiques of the movie to be a little fun because I'm like, were you watching? Because it's all there. Yeah. People are like, this yeah. movie has no points. I'm like, they say the point like five times. Sorry, you're like going to say something like that. little traps along the way. It's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see where people who just like, hold oh, get way. out of your cockpit, man. You can't always blow stuff up. I need you to learn that. I'm like, yeah. did everybody get that? I would love it if, if like Holdo just like told everyone else in the resistance the plan, but like purposely kept it from just to That's annoy him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there, like, there are small, very minute parts of when Holdo and Poe are speaking that sometimes makes me think that, like, you know, this was put in due to, um, a certain agenda that some people might have had in making this movie, but as the, as the... Because she's she's the she's the the tough general trope that's usually played by, like, the guy that plays Captain Kennedy at the start of the film, who's great, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like... But like that part would usually be played by that kind of actor. So clearly yeah. Michael Kaplan and Ryan Johnson had a deliberate choice in making this quote unquote pink haired woman 
tell Poe Dameron what to do. Like again, it's not yeah. subtle. Like <laughs> no, you know, like oh, a lot. In a... So many people have attached onto that one character trait. This is so. Much. I know it's 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 really something that like you know as it, it, it's the, it's the problem with critiquing Star Wars films now is that a lot of people think like you know take one thing a mass uh, throughout an entire two and a half hour movie and choose to focus on this one thing and choose to make video essays about just that. But, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's the most thumbnailed essays. photo of like all of YouTube. I wouldn't be surprised. just a close up of Laura Dern all over YouTube. Yeah. I'm like she's been yeah. in other things. You I know, know. Like, she's she won an Oscar last year for God. <laughs> sake um have you ever seen it before michael oh no i've seen it before but it was oh awesome. i watched it for the first time like a month and a half two months ago and i fell in love with what it, so yeah i never seen it before. Not, seen Park i had seen three and four and five but i had never seen the first two in their entirety oh, so i watched goodness, the first yeah. one there is a lot was, to unpack at that statement yeah. that we might have to do a different time <laughs> i was gonna say i was first of all i was mortified i was terrified it's a very scary film very um, scary. didn't think didn't think it was gonna be but we can get back to star wars yeah, and Lord yeah. Dern, that was what i was gonna that's say something, yeah exactly that's something that i really can't fault holdo for is you know laura dern as a as a as a actress because laura dern is great mm, academy in, award-winning exactly i mean like i don't know if you guys saw marriage story from last year but she was so good in that movie and it's one of my favorite movies yeah and uh, yeah it's just yeah. It, I, it might have been my favorite movie from last year and she did win an oscar for it she's a brilliant actor and uh, you know, when you saw her in the um, the press coverage before Last Jedi came out, she's clearly a massive fan of Star Wars, and in a lot of ways, I I, I feel bad for the way that like you know her character was so singled out, and like you know Holdo mm-hmm. became the the main point of um of of uh contention for so many of these like yeah. wah, wah, wah. For, the, for the dude bros across yeah. the Star Wars fandom. Want... I mean, I feel like the whole cast became yeah. so despondent from star wars fans after this movie came out i mean i'm not just talking about people that got hate i'm talking about like i mean you just watch the press for rise of skywalker and they're all yeah. so tired oh yeah i can't even watch i can't even watch the press uh yeah. the press like you know coverage for rise of skywalker because they're so clearly done and like yep. you know not, not only that but they're also very clearly done with how the last movie was made like you know they're not going to flat out say yeah. it because they're yeah. because like you know they 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 couldn't say. I mean, like they. John Boyega will flat out. Exactly. Say it, I mean, like they, they, king. They, <laughs> their contracts are up, and John Boyega very much enjoyed that fact. But you know, there were some times when mm-hmm. you know, even when Oscar Isaac was in, you know, when was doing press for the movie when he started talking about, uh, you know, the Disney overlords wanted this and stuff. I'm like, yes, go, yes. go off, Oscar, go off. Yes. <laughs> he was like, well, we wanted to do a relationship, but Disney overlords said, you know, they should just let me kill him. They should just killed me off that they were they going kept- to. All right. <laughs> I, like I, I may have thought at first like in force awakens it was just kind of like some good chemistry ma- mixed with some good scenes together no way but watching last jedi again every scene that they're together it's like sp- oh, fireworks yeah. going it's like, palpable it is- yeah, I know. I'm telling you, There's... we should have gotten the Millennium Falcon scene from Empire, but it's mm-hmm. but it's Finn and it's Poe. I know. It would have. Poe first realizes. When first when was... Poe first realizes Finn is work Finn is woken up and he's like wandering around and he goes to like grab him and then his first Literally. words is like where's Ray I'm like boy there's one right there <laughs> why do you care about this lady across the end of the oh, one of my brilliant. biggest critiques of the movie is the way they try to give Finn another love interest I, because he's got two he doesn't he's, need another he's got so many and Rose is a great character independent of Finn like she doesn't need to latch on to this dude mm. that she clearly doesn't like like yeah. in that regard but yeah no that's I don't, I, I, I I feel like that was the only Disney note 
I feel like that was like the they were like we have to make sure they we, they know it's not gay. So just have him kiss at this point of the movie. Yeah. I feel that has to be true because I don't know. Yeah, no, I've done a lot of like sequel rewrites that Ooh. keep a lot of the that keep a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, but change like, you know, just some of the smaller things. And obviously one of the yeah. things that I would change is get them together because they are so they, they, like you said Trey their, their chemistry at all times is is palpable to the point where in that scene in Force yeah. Awakens where they're in the TIE fight and they're like good to meet you bro good to meet you too Finn like it makes me smile every time I watch it because it just <laughs> it's well I just I did a re I did a I did a watch through of all nine movies with a friend who had never seen them before right? oh, I think awesome. I talked about this last time I was on yes. the show and we got to episode seven and my friend literally went she was like is this gonna get gay and I was like no <laughs> She was like, "Oh," and I was like, "I know, I know, yeah. right? It's all there." Well, you know what? Uh, one of the yeah, one of the no. stupidest things that I saw after the end of Rise of Skywalker was that J.J. Abrams has said in a in an in an article somewhere that Finn and Poe mm-hmm. are both, you know, gay, but they just don't. But they're just mm-hmm. not attracted to one another. I'm like, shut up! I'm oh. like, <laughs> no, no, no! Oh, I see. You they're gay. They're just platonic bro friends. Look, I'm like that. We all knew they were like at least sure? bi. Like that. That <laughs> like, was never off the table. They could be bi. That's fine. Them. They can. They can. You know, there's a great gif of of John Boyega lifting weights, but like one's Ray and one's Poe. <laughs> but like, and, and like that's that's a like you can very easily make it a love triangle. The original Tom trilogy. Well, one. yeah, exactly. Yeah. The original Hard trilogy. Did have any one. mortal would. Break. You know what? It actually. I mean, we we talked about Harry Potter just before. I'm going to quickly mention it again. Something like that. JJ Abrams just coming out and saying something like that is just like when J uh, when JK Rowling would come oh, out and yeah. say like, oh yeah, Dumbledore is gay. Uh, Hermione Hermione, Hermione is um Hermione is black. And uh, all that stuff. So <laughs> she's not. But yeah. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just these little things. Just these That's little an amazing sketch based on that Leo watch, which is just like gets more and more absurd, yeah. and just like every character it, is. It's like these little character details that you just say after the movie has already yeah. come out, so that the movie can stay yeah. relevant in a way. Yeah. I'm just saying, if Solo had the balls to be like Donald Glover has sex with this robot, yeah. I don't think that's too far off. That's all I'm yeah, saying. That's so true. I'm, I'm I'm just, just they like they wanted to do everything right up until the point of actually explicitly saying it. Like before the film came out, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's pan. Of course he's pan. Yeah, we all know that. Don't you know that? We know that." And the film, well, it's like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, you know. Robot, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. but then just like no. cut off right yeah. in the back. No, that, like, oh. that, that, seriously... that is like the most explicit case of queer baiting, pretty much throughout history. I, cu- I can't think of a single one. There's case. literally that moment where you know, I think it's Kira, Amelia Clark's character, and L3, the droid, says, like, you know, how does that work? Oh, it works. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, and then <laughs> like. I clapped in the theater. Oh, yeah. I remember. You know, I was there. You know, I was, was like, mm, more of this. Right, you know what? Pretty funny scene. Right, we, we was on this idea with with Maz Kanata when she shows up and she's talking about the like the the code breaker and like and there's like everything. And then oh, I think Poe says, yeah. "Is there anything he can't do?" And and yeah, then, oh, yeah, no, no. Uh, and then Maz is like, "Oh, wouldn't you want?" To? Oh, that's he it. Says, that's it sounds, this like, man certainly can do everything. Oh, yeah. yes. And like, oh, yeah, and you can. like to know? And another moment that ever first time I watched that, I said, "Word." It sounds like this. Like, wow. It sounds like this codebreaker fellow can do anything, and then she says, "Oh yes, he can." And then yeah. Finn and Rose literally yeah. have a moment where they exchange glances, like, like you said, Trey Word. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, you brought up three PO. Can we talk about three PO for a second? Of course. Because I thought I, I thought I think he's great it's in this movie. I think he's has, he's at his best in Rise of Skywalker. He gets the best parts of Rise of Skywalker, yeah, but yeah. I think I think I think he does a really good job in this one. I think. They use him in a way that I don't think I've seen since the original trilogy. Like I, I think 
I like the way he's sort of this, he's able to be 3PO in a way that's not too distracting. I really, and I particularly like his moment of uh, right before, right before Leia yes. comes bursting through, I think, where he's like, I'm not going to sit here for a mutiny. It's wrong. Yeah. And I just, there's, Three P has the nice. It would be quite beyond my programming to be party to a mutiny. It is. Yes, it is it not is, yeah. correct. It is, <laughs> this is not correct. Yeah. He sounds like a little too sassy. And, and when, uh, and when yeah. the, the door starts to get blasted off, it's like, oh, neither is this, and like it's like you know that's. Yeah, Jack, do you have a copy of the script? I don't have a copy of the script, but I just remember got lines. Got a copy of the script in well. I have looked everywhere for it. I have looked everywhere for it, and I can't find yeah, it. Like, no, that's yeah. the thing, is that, like, you know, a lot of the time, whether it's the sequel trilogy script and stuff like that, they often have, like, you know, um, uh, stenographic, like, you know, just line, you know, they, they write the lines on, like, yeah, a line. Yeah, they'll have a, they'll have a transcript. Exactly, yeah, but, they, but they won't have, like, the, the, um, what are you, the, the scene directions and stuff. I'm, I, I would really love yeah. to look at Last Jedi from, or, like, a real, like, just, just from the script alone, yeah. I'd love to look at it, but, um, there's a the Force Awakens script is online, and then there's one clip I found. There's a channel that puts movie clips yes. below yeah, yeah, or yeah. their screenplays. There's one scene. It's the scene where Kyler's like, "Join me, right?" Yeah, it's a good. I scene. love that it's YouTube channel. I've watched it a lot. Script. Yeah, and I have yeah, watched yeah. that YouTube video. I I really like that channel. But the name escapes it's me. Great yeah. meme scene. It's a What's great that? meme. It's a great memed scene with the no, you're still holding on. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, with your dog. You're still yeah. holding on. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. I love it with the uh, the lib uh, and like leftist memes where it's like, oh my like, god, it's like we're all, we're almost there, and it's like we're, we're like It's like no, 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 you're still holding on. You need to let go. Hey, as as long as we're talking one. about, the, I gotta post that. Yeah, as long as we're I'll talking about it. the memes that this movie set forth. Yeah. Um, oh. I didn't know that Ben Swallow would become such a thing when I first. <sighs> Like, Damn. like you can't, uh, like yeah. you know, you can't make Adam Driver apologize for you know he, how how thick he is, but um, <laughs> it's a military body. So Marine it might be the there's, most. There's a great Adam Driver that a, Adam Driver's ever been. There's a great uh, uh, YouTube channel. They do like audience reactions of people in the actual theater. <laughs> yeah. And for Last Jedi, when he turns around, someone in the theater just back goes, "Oh my God, yes!" <laughs> just like some random lady in the back. And I've never seen someone been more accurate to me watching a movie than when that happened. And I just went to myself. I was like, "That like he, that'll do." He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's very he's very boxum. Is that he's he's like an old timey like boxer. Yeah. There's that meme of the guy with the big mustache. Yep. Yes. Pumps, he's know? literally like a square above above below the neck. It's <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and, oh, Ray's trying to get him to cover it up with a cowl and whatnot. Yeah, she doesn't know. Doesn't understand. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, the subtext though is like she's struggling to say it. So I can imagine Ryan directing another day, and it's like you won't want him to though. That's the big secret. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna stay, but you don't want him to. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so I guess we've talked about Poe. We've talked about like you know a lot of the, a lot of the stuff you could talk about with um with. Can we talk about Daisy Ridley? Of course we can. We can talk about Daisy Ridley. That's just that's just that's the next thing on my list is that this is the best mm-hmm. I've seen her in anything. Yeah. No, I think she's yeah. the like in terms of her performance she's real. She, she's the mm-hmm. best in um in in last jedi and i think that it's a very small scene but i think the part where she has the revelation that like you know she doesn't it doesn't matter who her parents are in that moment where she goes out into the cave and yeah. then it cuts to that scene that she has with kylo in the in the little hut when she says like you know I, i've never mm-hmm. felt so alone and like just look on her face the way she cries it's so well done and i think that's something that you could say yeah. for for everyone regardless of how you view the characters and their arcs i think everyone is actually mm-hmm. on point in this movie in terms of the performances especially Daisy Ridley. Yeah. I think she's the the yeah. best of the. I, I think she she does she does good non Jedi acting, and what I mean by that is yeah. like 
there are times in the, in the trilogy, particularly in Rise of Skywalker, which I guess is them trying to make Return of the Jedi, where they the Jedi's are perceived to in terms of the acting is very stoic, you know, very like Sam Jackson, Mace Windu type of performances. Yeah. And there are certain actors that can nail that. Like I think Hugh McGregor kills it in that part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even Hayden Christensen, to a certain extent, at certain points, is really good at that kind of acting. Yeah. But I think Daisy Ridley, if you watch her interview, she's very loose, very charismatic. A very fun, very watchable person, and I think that's why, for me, her best work is like opening opening sequences of Force Awakens, where it, you know when she first meets Finn, and in particular, uh, every scene she has with Mark Hamill. Essentially, mm-hmm. there's a yeah. great subtle moment when I think it's the start of Lesson One, where the opening line of that scene is like Jack can probably say from memory, but it's like Master Skywalker, we need you to come back and save the Resistance, yada yada. Yeah. It's a very robotically delivered line, and yeah. then the moment Luke Skywalker shuts that shit down, she drops this kind of facade and just goes, "I think the Force is this thing that makes people superpowers and float." And she gives a different kind of performance between those two lines. And I was like, "Oh, that's really oh, that's so, that was really that's good." That's so really true. Subtle. I've never even thought yeah. of it like that. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, that that is really because, interesting. like, you know, there's All that right. moment, like, you know, when she's on, on, on wait, on, wait, sorry, well, I'm sorry, Michael, you were about to say ahead. something. Yeah. Oh no, it's fine. I was, I was just gonna say, like, when, when you brought it up, like the time where she calls him Master Skywalker throughout this film, was I the only one that every time she said Master Skywalker, my amex, am- reaction immediately went to Master Skywalker? There's too many. Oh my <laughs> god, what are you going to do? You're, I'm like, it's because that's who I'm. <laughs> You're, you're programmed to instantly, uh, like you know, uh, categorize it into a meme. Yep. But um, I'm just little, I'm little just child of Michael taken back to a place of watching a young yeah. Anakin slaughter the kids. Yeah, and, he, and, and you know what? Um, that thing that you brought up about her going from just like you know this, she's spouting this like you know agenda that she has as a member of the resistance, yeah. and then she has, uh, and then she switches to this this young girl who just wants to find her her place and understand what this, you know, power mm-hmm. is that she has. And that is something that, you know, it's really the crux of, of Ray's character in a lot of ways is that, you know, mm-hmm. she thinks that it, it actually goes back to, you know, the discussion that Luke and Ray have when they're in the tree. Like, you know, uh, Luke says, like, you know, why yeah. are you here? And then um, Ray says, like, you know, oh, the, the first orders become unstoppable, we need you back. And then Luke just interrupts that, shuts it down and says, no, why are you here? And then she gives her proper yeah. reason. Like, you know... I can almost feel Ray Ryan Johnson being like, no, 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 let's just do character work right now. Yeah. It's almost like he's like, we know the plot. plot, we read the crawl. Like, let's just let's just be people for a second yeah because that's that's absolutely right because you know he, she says we need you to bring the Jedi back because blah 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 is powerful with the dark side of the Force and whatever and then you know Luke says look I under- like you know I I'm not you're not here for that and you don't need to pretend that you are you are this person who need someone to help you with this thing that you have and yeah. I'm going to try but I'm also going to tell you that what you think of this this monolithic idea that you have of the Jedi Order it's it's yeah. it's not yeah he, has, he has his own goal yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Race, Race says I'm here with my thing who's like no 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 but what do you know about the Jedi because that's something I'm here to talk to you about yeah right? exactly and I guess in a lot of ways that brings us to Luke uh, because yeah. uh, Luke obviously <laughs> wait Michael do you have any comments on oh, no, I was saying, oh I right I'm sorry we, yeah. we'll get to it when we talk about Luke as well but I think my favorite scene with like them and with everything that was going on was probably the first lesson at the part where like they're going through like all of the emotions and everything that like and they're kind of exploring what the force means in connection with everything and then like when she discovers the dark side and just 
immediately just so explores good. right into it. So and Luke's good, response yeah. is, you saw the dark side and just didn't even hesitate. It's like you went straight there. And you're like, whoa, 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 let's not... Yeah, yeah, we don't, I mean, don't, I mean, we don't it, do it, that it, here. We don't, we but don't we do don't. But all we know about Ray as a person is that yeah. she's a decent person. But we know that she's a survivor, mm. and she will do what she has to do to to be in a better, comfortable, easier place. And that's something that the dark side will very easily want to prey on. And so yeah. the dark side obviously saw that it was like, "Oh, come here, we got you." And Ray's yeah, like, "Oh, I, beautiful," which is very I within mean, her character. Yeah, you could definitely make it saying that, like, oh, it's, like, setting up for, like, Ray Palpatine, like, she's from the dark side, which is not true at all. That's 100% ridiculous. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I think it's just, like, this idea of, like, yeah, Ray is incredibly Yeah, she's incredibly susceptible to either side. She is this, like, yeah. uh, created in the Force, this just sheer power of it, and that's why true she needs to, like, kind of character. guide yeah. her in a way. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. No, I, but you're, a lot of the stuff that you just said, Michael, is really on point, because uh, one of the main things about Ray in this movie is that she's looking for someone to it's even it's it's the main thing that like you know you saw in the trailer for this movie is that there's that line where she says Mm -hmm. i need someone to show me my place in all of this and when she sees that and when she has that dark side moment where she's like you know it's calling me like i think that was completely on brand for the for the for the um, at least the point in her life and her journey that Ray was at at that point because she was looking for someone like luke to show her what all this Mm -hmm. is and Luke even says it offered something you it offered you something you needed, right? She does she does need something that like you know almost calls to her instead of her calling to something. And the dark side did that for her, and that's why she was so susceptible to it in that first you know scene, and how that becomes yeah. like you know less so in the rest of the movie. So I think that was a great starting off point to what we see for the rest of the movie. And um, yeah, I mean that's what I, a lot of the stuff that I that I think about Ray and. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it pays off nicely at the at the big kind of, I would call it the big the movie's big reveal. The thing I think it's the thing we were all waiting for as Star Wars fans. Yeah. Like the answer that JJ set up with a question, and I love the fact that uh, JJ asked the question of who is this girl, and Ryan Johnson said nobody because yeah. it doesn't matter who she is, and uh, it, it's a crushing scene. Um, and I remember hearing like groans in the audience when it happened in 2017. People like went ah. Oh, and I was like, really? <laughs> so yeah. I clapped again. I was that, like, yes, thank you. Same for me. You. I think after, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked a little bit about it last uh, at last at podcast where we talked about Force Awakens. But for mm-hmm. me, it was like going into Force Awakens with the sheer amount, that film is just setting up like not only like the question yeah. of Ray, it's a of TV pilot lineage, more than but it's, it's a film. It's, oh, yeah, true. It's answers. It sets up so many possible answers in the first film that you Mm -hmm. can't possibly go into that film or go into the sequel with an answer that satisfies everything. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. They, like, reference, like, maybe it could be Kenobi, maybe it could be Leia and Han, maybe it could be Luke. It's like, because they bring up so many possibilities, nothing could possibly satisfy all of them except this. I'm like, it's the only thing that I possibly thought of after watching this film. I'm like, it wasn't either one disappointing in terms of like, it didn't set everything up or two, something like that. Everyone completely expected would be, it did neither of them, but it's very hard to set up a twist in between films because it's like, so like you, like, what do you like in terms of writing, like, where's the setup and where's the payoff and are they in the same film? And if not, then why even do it? You guys heard that. I'm sure Jack, you, like you both probably heard about the fact that, Ray was going to be a kind of yes. like, yeah, yeah. Like, come out and confirm that. That's how it was kind of a big story that I heard. Um, yeah. So I'm just happy. I, I mean, we can talk about, we'll talk about the whole plan yeah. thing later. We'll get there. I but, think, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, 
I th- also, I was just saying, I think for me, it's like, it's really interesting that it changed the idea of it from being this whole, this is Ray's arc of, oh, who's she going to be? Well, she's like mm-hmm. trying to find out who she is to, no, this is not who she is. That's not important. What's important is her individually. Like, I think yeah. that was like, that's something that I just completely respect about this film so much. And it's probably my favorite choice that they made in the entire film, yeah. you know, but then they uh, then they did Rise of Skywalker and, and suddenly it's uh, like bam <laughs> you've been palpitating. I almost left. That's a real story. When she was like, when he was like, you have his power. I was like, don't do it. I like, <laughs> don't do it. Ball. Yeah. I was like, don't do yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, please, please. It's like Dumbledore, Severus, please. And then <laughs> he was like, you're a Palpatine. I actually, I was like, I, just, I almost walked. I was with people. I, that's why I did. I laughed in the cinema. I legitimately laughed in the yeah, cinema. No, there was laughter as well. Some people gasped. Some, we've, you know, we've, some people were like, oh my God. We've talked about this before. Like, you know, the first time I saw Rise of Skywalker, it was in like a Balinese cinema because I was on holiday at the time. Uh, but it was, the, but it was so, wow. so there were all these, the there were all these non-English speaking people. And then I was with, I was with like, Thank you, know, you the, break tray. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just hit me like a goddamn freight train out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay, keep going, keep going. It was in English, I, but there were subtitles. Um, you know, subtitles. Balinese yeah. subtitles. So I was grasping everything, and it was perfect quality, whatever. And I saw it again when I got home. But anyway, um, when they, they, mm. they did happen... I've only seen Rise of Skywalker once. I, I'm scared to watch it again, because yeah. I feel like... I, I watched it when it first came out. I watched it when it dropped on Disney+, Plus, and I watched it with my friend. We did the rewatch. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Um, you saying, Yeah, no, when, when you know, again... We're going to <laughs> we're, we are talking about Last Jedi again. Everyone. We'll get to this, but again. um, yeah, we're talking about Last Jedi. But I'll just say when that did happen, I was just like, I didn't really know what to think yet. And then I talked, and then I thought about it later because at the time, right yeah. when it happened, I was just like, oh, okay. But anyway, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of that being said, yeah. Uh, but you know, you did bring up the whole, you know, her parents are no one, or at least at the time of Last Jedi, they were. And you're right. Mm-hmm. I also really liked it uh, after having some time to think about it as well, because a lot of the time uh, this movie is such an overload of things to think about that when you're coming out of the cinema at three a.m. in the morning, yes. you don't really think, "Oh wow." So it was uh, it was only until yeah. a little bit. It's a lot exactly. of movie. It was only until yeah. I really, you know, sat down and thought about it because I love to analyze films just as a hobby. When I when um mm-hmm. when you know her was no one, I was just like, you know what? That that's so smart because star wars had become this thing where you have to have this yeah. we actually talked about it the last time you were on trey is that mm-hmm. you it's almost as if you need to have this um legendary lineage to be even considered in this world and uh and, and it just proves no because that's not what life is about and it's not what star wars mm-hmm. uh, it has to be about either in a lot of ways it complements ray's character that we were just talking about as well because in that first scene she's looking for someone to you know looking for a place to call home, looking for something to call hers, I suppose. Cause she has, mm-hmm. she had nothing all, all throughout her, you know, her childhood and stuff. She was this desert hermit. Yeah. Or at least that she perceived that she had nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think ultimately this movie shows that she's like, she had herself. Exactly. Which you know, so, she realizes is kind of enough. Exactly. Like that's, that's exactly right, Trey. And you know, uh, there's that moment, like, you know, she is looking for whether it be her parents or something to call, something like that. You know, even Kylo says it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you look for your parents everywhere in Han Solo, now in Skywalker, and then that moment where you just where she needs to face this harsh reality that you know you, it doesn't matter who your parents were, it doesn't matter about any of that because you mm-hmm. you are you. They don't define you. 
and that's not only a great lesson for her, but it's a great lesson just for just for people. Like you know, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You're you're not defined by what came before you. You you are you, and in a lot of ways, that yeah, that absolutely. really complements um, Ray's character in a way. And again, we just talked about it, yeah. but you know, regardless of how that was altered later, if you just look at Last Jedi as its own film and as a yeah. sequel to Force Awakens. I think it really works. And it's the end of the Skywalker saga, yeah, yeah which has, which is my personal yeah, opinion, but yeah. yeah. I think for me, again, on this idea of, of Rey being this answer and this, like, more important about who she is than where she's from, I think for me, a tying to that being why one of my favorite changes of the film, or one of the favorite ideas of the film, I think it, it brings to me what my favorite idea this film captures. And this recaptures the mystery slash the appeal of the force that was first yeah. developed in Empire Strikes Back or whatnot. Absolutely. Or maybe even original on New Hope. This, this idea of, of yeah. Ryan Johnson from 2017, he talks about how growing up the force was always this mysterious thing for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's mysterious, but also it's this idea that anyone can be a Jedi and like, mm-hmm. but like it's, it's it's, it doesn't matter where you're from or who you are it just matters like what you do now who what you do in the moment and who you are right now and like i think this like kind of not undid but like took a, like recaptured that magic that was kind of lost in the prequel trilogy with how like scientificized the force was with like metachlorians and the mm-hmm. jedi and lineages and and whatnot and like yeah there is definitely ma- like power to lineages like of course kylo ren is clearly very strong in the force after being a descendant of vader and and leia and and yes maybe there is some element of metachlorians whatnot but that's not what's important about the force the force isn't that the force is is what is in between like the energy and whatnot in that scene explained Mm -hmm. in the first lesson and like that just to me was like by far the best thing that just recaptured this idea of the mystical or yeah, the mystery of the Force, and I love yeah. that about this film. Yeah, it, it's embedded into the narrative of the film, down to like you know the dialogue, which I'll pull back to Jack for the encyclopedia. Yeah, it is. There, one of Snoke's first lines is about bloodlines, and I immediately clicked onto that because like Snoke has an almost obsession with the concept of bloodlines oh, and yeah. lineage, and he uses it to manipulate Kylo Ren, and I really yeah. think that. One of the beauties of, I, I think, of how smartly Ryan Johnson wrote the film is that it was almost a preemptive strike to Force Awakens. Because Ryan, you know, I mean, there, there, are, there are multiple accounts of how the scripting process worked from moving from seven to eight. We know, of course, according to Daisy Ridley and a few others, that uh, Ryan got J.J.'s script, as did Colin Chavarro, and they both said, okay, and they kind of scrapped it and, and, and went with what they thought would be best for the next directions of the trilogy, the treatments that JJ wrote. Um, and, and, you know, and Ryan also spoke to JJ and said, Oh, let's include this here with this story point here. There was, there was some back and forth for sure. But I think that Ryan read what JJ did and asked himself as a writer, what can I do thematically to not only build upon, but perhaps challenge some of the ideas present in this script, present in these, in this, this film that I'm seeing. And I love the idea that Snoke almost represents this, symbol of toxic fandom i mean he has that line bested by a girl who never held a lightsaber you failed yeah. and it's just like like there's something about the way snoke is written in this film that just feels like such a middle finger to <laughs> to the concept of like because one of the biggest critiques i think i hear from people outside of the fandom who just mm-hmm. kind of watch the movies because they like star wars i guess is that um the new ones are just retreads of the old ones. Every time I hear that, I go, have you seen Last Jedi, though? Because the whole movie kind of feels like them 
attempting to go against the grain of what the original trilogy was. Um, I guess in terms of like universe wise, the whole movies are trying to essentially deconstruct the aspect of Star Wars, right? Yeah. And I think oftentimes Johnson is using Snoke as a means to do that. That's what I picked up in this watch through this time, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I really like that idea of of yeah. You were saying the Last Jedi doesn't necessarily feel as much of a of a retread because that's the thing. I had a similar critique of when I first watched the Force Awakens. I was mm. kind of disappointed in terms of the idea of it. It was a New Hope remake, and upon doing it now, I think you know what? I actually quite like that. It's like recapturing a lot of the like feel and appeal that a lot of people had towards the original trilogy. Mm. But I love how this film took Star Wars in a new direction. This film felt like a sequel to Star Wars, yes. not a continuation, a sequel. And that felt, and that was like what I really liked about it. And I, I think mm-hmm. that was something that's really not brought up enough in how different but continue continuation or like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it feels to mm-hmm. it. And then like Rise of Skywalker is kind of like, bring it back. Yeah, I, I, in like, you know, uh, a very like, you know, back. I can't not bring it up. <laughs> like, you know, a very. No, I just, you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. That's okay. I mean, you, you, it's, it's not your fault, Michael, because these movies are going to be so intertwined in how different they became in so short a time. You can't really talk about one without the other now. But um, You need to look at this from the age of 2017, the, the, yeah. the mindset. Um, that's what this is. We're just looking at the movies as they uh, stand. SDW. Um, Bro, Solo looks great. I don't know if you guys seen pictures for <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, like, you know what? It, it was very... That was my most anticipated Star Wars film when it was uh, when it was Phil Lord Chris Miller. It was I was so excited for that film because they nail it. Yeah, yeah because they, <laughs> I know they're they're such good directors. I like the Lego Movie was like one of my favorite films like of all time, and then the, like coming off that, they're like, oh yeah, we don't want them. We're Disney. We don't want them. They're a bit the too. Lego uh, Movie is, is creative differences. Is great, and then, that's the thing is that Lord Miller were were let go from uh, Solo. Excuse me. And then what happened? Oh yeah, they just uh, quietly won an, Aca- an Academy Award for Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, right. Which is Literally. which, which is, is one of the other best films ever made. So I can only be so mad because uh, the best it's the uh, best Spider Man movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. hands down. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, you know what? Something that's it's almost a very much like a backhand comparison that you often get with like a darker second movie is that oh yeah, this movie is the Empire Strikes Back of da 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 da, and yeah. like you know, in a lot of ways, people can look at Last Jedi in that way. But the reason that I, the main reason that I, um, the only way that I would use that comparison, you know, properly is. You know, you look at Star Wars 1977 and then you look at Empire Strikes Back and see how different they are on so many levels. They are so they different. Are so, Very they, different they, they, they are, they are in, in every way, just yeah, about. In, the writing, yeah. the way they shoot it, everything. Yeah. And The Last Jedi is just like that for The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens is mm-hmm. a movie on its own. And then The Last Jedi is completely different, not only from The Force Awakens, but Star Wars in general, like I said, I was 3am in the morning when this movie ended for the first time and I didn't have a lot of concise thoughts on it but the only thing that I really, like, you know, had a very vivid grasp on was that that was something that, Star- this, that movie was something like Star Wars has never done before and to this day I stand by that but, um, and in a lot of ways everything you guys have said about like, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, letting the past die is a lot of, is, is um, in a lot of ways not only the crux for this movie but I feel it was very mm. much Ryan Johnson's mentality when writing this movie, but um, yeah. Mm. Oh, see, I'll, I'll, I'll bring my first challenge. I think that, and this is something that we can take it back to Snoke, right? I feel like 
part of the reason we can see people often say like Luke Skywalker was a, like the like the idea of Luke Skywalker not going through an arc in the movie, and I always challenge that by saying that at the start of the film, Luke and Snoke have the same goals in mind: the idea of completely obliterating the Jedi and letting the past die, and that is a and as a that is a mantra that is married into and cultivated by Kylo Ren, right? And that's and at the end of the film, Kylo Ren's big genocidal rant, I'll destroy you and her and all of it. He is trying to let the past die. But then Luke stomps on that after Yoda talks to him. And he says, Yoda says, it's not about letting the past die as much as it is about learning from the mistakes of the past and building a new future. It's about evolving the past. And I think that there's a very distinct difference between Ryan Johnson doesn't want to kill the original trilogy. He love he clearly loves the original trilogy. He also clearly loves a lot about the ideas of the prequels. Um, and he just loves Star Wars and he wants to evolve what these things were. Because it's like you said, Jack, you watch what Lucas did with New Hope and then what Kirshen did with Empire, and they're two vastly different stories, two vastly different ideas of movies, but they both feel like their own, they both feel like a, a they both feel like genuine pieces of art. And I think the idea of evolving Star Wars is what Ryan was more going for than kind of letting the past die, if you want. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a lot lost because we've had a great discussion about that uh, well, specific point, I, but... I think previously... Oh, sorry, sorry. I said previously we've mostly been talking, like, addressing, like, the characters' arcs and, like, the story over and going through the film. We haven't really touched into, like, the plot too much. Because, I mean, for me, I don't know if, like, the plot mm-hmm. necessarily is as important to, like, the themes of the film. But I think a lot of like the criticisms I've seen with this film tend to be like plot related, like what yeah. actually happens in the film. Very p- few people I've, I've watched have ever actually like, criticized necessarily like the emotions or the arcs that the characters go through or yeah. the themes of the well, film. Well, cuz a lot of the themes and stuff are underneath the plot. And like yeah. and similar like to when I saw Force Awakens and Poe Dameron put the thing in BB-8 and says you got to get out of here and I said, "Oh, it's a new hope." And I was okay with that. Some people just aren't going to make that leap beyond that so people heard that and went oh this movie's trash you're just remaking a new hope and for some people the the, they, the plot's what they watch you know mm-hmm. and, and they're not going to look for the necessary the themes underneath um that i mean i don't know the i didn't write down a lot of critiques of the plot no because this thing the plot itself is takes a takes a back seat in a lot of ways because in the second movie which mm-hmm. is what this is it is not so much focused on plot which is really what jj abrams strives for as much as this yeah. movie is very much like a thematic character study of these three like you know you know main characters that were um featured in the first film as well as luke as well as kylo and as well as snoke and stuff and yeah um i think that you touched on that just before trey is that luke's arc in particular you're right snoke and luke do have the same mentality at the start of the film and then it's because of that discussion that he has with yoda which is my favorite scene in the movie um yeah uh that he gets that he... so i cried again I, I cried again i didn't think i was going to yeah. watch it again today bald that's the thing you know is that like you know yoda as a character i i, I honest and I, I stand by this i think that yoda is at his best in the last jedi because you know he's 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 very. He's like puppet he's verbally again. shaking your hand. Yeah, uh, like, he's, he, <laughs> that, that was broke me in the cinema. Because he, he's, he he, I mean, he's very good in the prequels, but in the, at the same time, he's 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 you know he's he's prequel Yoda in the prequels. Ah! Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, it, <laughs> spinning around camp, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then in uh, in the original trilogy, he is like you know this 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 teacher, and he serves as this lesson mm-hmm. for Luke that in a lot of 
in, in the same way that Rey is searching for this monolith monolithic lineage that she hopes to find, Luke was hoping to find this, like, this amazing force, this amazing person yeah. on, a, on a throne that will teach him everything he knows about yeah. the force. Luke kind of goes through the, 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 the Poe arc in Empire, the idea of, like, being the great warrior that's going to come through and save the day when Yoda, he meets Yoda, this, like, meditative green frog, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of a similar... Yeah, uh, lesson. But then, but then in the Last Jedi, you know, okay, let me. Prepare. I don't. He might not be at his best in the Last Jedi, but like you know, the just the the thing that he, the the like the thing that he has with Luke in that moment where he says, like you know, it's not about just killing the Jedi. It's about learning mm -hmm. from the mistakes that we made when we all got wiped out and 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 yeah. crafting a better future. Like the greatest teacher failure is is not only mm. is not only my favorite line from the movie, but maybe my favorite line from Yoda in general. That and we are what they grow beyond. Yeah. That is the burden of all masters. Yes. That is so good. It it's like he showed up. It's one of my favorite things that Chris Nolan can do sometimes, where he'll just have characters sit down and talk themes for a few minutes. Yeah. Yoda just shows up and tells the audience what the theme of the movie is. And it's really, it's not subtle, but it's also, it's so, mwah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love no, it. I love I, it. I remember tearing up like you guys did when he says, oh, Skywalker. Missed you, have oh. I? Like it's still looking at the horizons. Like, yeah. Oh, we missed you too, Yoda. Um, because that's the thing is that if you watch the director and the Jedi, which I know you have, Trey, and uh, have you yeah. have you watched the director and the Jedi documentary? Uh, oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> scrolls, like, oh, yeah. It's a okay. treat, honestly, God. If you have a, if you have a free Sunday, no, no, Michael, I'll, I'll lend you my Blu-ray. It's so it's 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 really interesting to watch. Yeah. If you've got um, Disney Plus, it's on there. Oh, yeah, it is. It is too. Yep. Yeah. I'll watch on um, yeah, when Yoda, they, they do the segment with Yoda and Frank Oz coming back to puppeteer um, uh, Yoda and they mm -hmm. use the same model as they did from Empire. And when he says the line, you know, when they were rehearsing the line, when Yoda says, oh, Skywalker, missed you, have I? And then Luke, uh, Mark Hamill like, cried, he teared up. And like, we're, yeah. we're so with you there because it's absolutely true. And it's, it's like you said, it's a lot of ways that the, that is what Nolan does is that it's that, it's that, uh, it's like those scenes with, um, right after, you know, um, uh, Rachel dies in Dark Knight when Alfred and uh, Bruce uh, Wayne just, yes, just, just, exactly. just talk. <laughs> it's just like yeah, that. that. They yeah. have that moment where, like, you know, the movie stops and the two, like, you know, one of the two most popular characters, not only in the movie itself, but in the, the, um, the uh, what's the word? The um, regality that this franchise has brought with it, um, think... Yep you know, let's just talk about the crux of the movie for a minute. And uh, yeah, they do it. He literally, Alfred literally sits him down and just says, buck up. And he's like, yeah. And then he goes and saves the <laughs> day. It's true. Moment, um, yeah, no, I mean, God, we're branching out to all franchises. If you're a Dark Knight head, uh, if you're a Potter head, we're all, it's all here. <laughs> but, um, just nerd the old tray. Yeah, yeah, what were we going to say, Michael? Uh, I was just saying, so this idea that, yeah, so that, I, I, I love that scene, but I think, it's interesting for you, just like our favorite parts of the film. I think for me, by far and away, where I think Last Jedi shines the brightest and is probably my favorite part of Last Jedi, if not the sequel trilogy, has got to be the turning point where, like, with the confrontation between Kylo Ren, Snoke, mm -hmm. and Rey, where, like, Snoke is, like, trying to, like, say, it's like, you will not, you'll, you'll fall. And then, and then Kylo Ren is, like, manipulating the lightsaber, <laughs> yeah. kills Snoke. Yeah. And then there's just like a drop where they both realize what happens, turn around, and then the uh, the uh, Praetorian guards come in, and then it's, and then there's a fight scene. That is probably the most hype part of the entire franchise. 
Dude, when I've they just leaned fighting. forward more in a movie yeah. theater than when oh. Snoke got the lightsaber through the through the body. I like grabbed my best friend's shoulder and just like pushed myself forward eight feet. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what just happened? And then like they got the sabers and people. It was like a football game. People cheered yeah. and whooped and hollered. It was like it was Avengers Assemble before that moment got to happen. It was so really true. It's because thunderous. like you know when you yeah. such a good fight scene too. Oh, it's so yes. visceral. I, I wrote this down about the fight scene. It's got it's got the the pace and the slowness of the original trilogy fights, but it's got like the it's got the ballet typeness, the balletic nature of yeah. the of the prequels. You know what I mean? Where it almost feels like yeah. they're dancing. Yeah, and the it's got and the impact that Force Awakens had in its lightsaber. They bring that back, but they add like actual yeah, like, like grace to it in terms of like combat. It really has. Oh, yeah. It really has a mix of like you just said. Uh, like, you know, there, there's a certain choreography and dance type to it, like the prequels, but at the same time, there's a real natural flowing element to it like there was in the original trilogy, and I think it's a great amalgamation yeah. of both. Like, you know, I think that the, the scene is great. There are some, like, moments where I'm just like... It's it's very again technical parts, not as much of an overarching thing. Sure. But like you know, I've watched videos where people are just like, yeah, this guy, you know, some 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 choreography. Oh yes, yeah, person number four just runs in the background, doesn't do anything. Yeah, there, there, yeah. I mean, and like there's, there's some... one bit where a guy's holding a, a knife and like grabs Ray, and then his second knife that he could have just stabbed her with mysteriously disappears. Yeah, yeah and there's this, and there's, there's this there's this yeah. moment yeah. early on that you really need to like watch the movie closely to see. But there's a part where one of the Praetorian guards is supposed to is like slices. But uh, I think it was Daisy Ridley uh, missed her cue, so he like yeah. he uh, he purposely like swings over her head, holds it for a moment, and then just spins back. Like there are some moments again <laughs> yeah. that are just like you know, little parts that I can't. Yeah. That... No, when 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 you read that Keanu Keanu Reeves or Halle Berry trained for nine months to do John Wick, you realize why they have to train that long. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. so that they can. It's so that you don't get moments like that when you watch the yeah. movie. So th- yeah. So there are yeah. like you know some choreography mishaps in that part that like you know sort of be like eh, but as the but I choose to look at the film like we've been doing this entire you know discussion uh, thematically, and the thematic oomph mm-hmm. of that fight is all there because. With the way that Ryan Johnson wrote Kylo Ren, it makes complete sense that he would kill Snoke. Because, like, you know, Absolutely. in in, mm. in the context of Star Wars, this awesome space opera, like, you know, you expect the, the evil guy in the chair to not go out so easily. But because Ryan Johnson was really trying... I think in a lot of ways, Ryan Johnson was really trying to write about real people, a real world, it just so happens to have spaceships. It makes complete sense that Kylo Ren was the one who was just like... When, when when Snoke says, now you kill your true enemy, and that's exactly what Kylo Ren did, and that's why yeah. he... Yeah, well, they set up a rift from their first scene. Like, from the first scene, he's doing nothing but making him feel so small yeah. and trying to build up all this anger in him. So, of course, and if you're following the rule of two, like, it was going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I think it's also good that, similar to, I guess, like, we can talk about the problems of choreography, but the emotions that I was feeling while watching the scene were so high that I didn't care. Yep. And talking about the emotions of the sequences, like, of course Kylo Ren's not going to turn to the good side. But when yeah. you're watching in, in the moment, you're like, oh my god, this is fantastic <laughs> news. And then, of course, Ryan being the genius he, he is, he just, like, snuffs that one. He's like, no, no, no. He yeah. wants Ray to join him. And you're like, oh. No, that's that's that's, that's what's so that's great about a... this scene is that, like, you know, they both have, uh, Ray and Kylo both have the wrong idea. 
Because because like, yeah. <laughs> after Snoke dies, Ray instantly thinks, "Oh, you're a good guy now. Awesome. Let's beat up these yeah. these, these Praetorian guards." But but in Kylo's yeah. head, yeah. she's thinking, "Okay, she just joined me. Let's rule this galaxy together." And then in that moment, yeah. after he's after they're all dead, and he says, "It's time to let old things die." Ray has that moment where I was just like, "Oh, no. wait, no, you meant the other thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Please don't go this well, way." They also had that great. They had that great scene in the elevator where she's like, "I've seen it. I know you'll turn." And Kylo Ren's like, "No, no, no." You'll turn. And mm. me being the lightsaber doesn't go, oh, they're clearly going to have to have some kind of fight. Yeah. I just think like, oh, they resolved this thing mentally. They just didn't yeah. talk to each other about it. But this that's not how people work. Communi- yeah, this is why you need yeah. communication. So there aren't these misunderstandings between each Literally. other in relationships. <laughs> but then they that's how you get to that the wrong idea uh, about each other. Yeah. And if they had have spoken about it, they could have put it together. <laughs> they I talked it over it. coffee. Yeah. No, that's how they got, that's how you get that great scene you were talking about, Jack, earlier with the symmetry of the, the, yeah duality of of them trying to go for the, yeah. the lightsaber at the same time and i also love the symbol of luke skywalker's saber and how it's used overall throughout the movie yeah like it's 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 and it's a and it's a definite carryover from what jj did in uh in force awakens like down to the fact that the original movie was going to be luke's hand floating through space like it's clearly been this this beacon this symbol of the past uh throughout these trilogies and i love the fact that from uh from whether it's luke tossing it over his shoulder to like ray giving an one extra look when chewie hands it to her before they she gets in the escape pod uh to it getting ripped apart and serving as kind of like this beacon of oh well i guess it's time for things to change i kind of love the thematic through line of luke's saber in the yeah i mean like that's another thing is that like why are you, smi- why are you smiling michael <laughs> And then they rebuild it in the next film. Oh, gosh. Again, they never made a ninth one. I don't know what happened. I'm just here to add in Rise of Skywalker things to just shut down any, like, oh, you like this in the film? The most annoying thing is that JJ JJ says that watching, reading Last Jedi and watching Last Jedi made him want to become a braver filmmaker. And I'm like, then fucking act like it, JJ. I don't mean that, sorry. I just, no, like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, then I show can't. me. Then show, like, when he kills Chewie and Ray, you guys talk about this next week, probably. Yes. When he kills Chewie hey, feel free, and Ray Skywalker. Feel free to come back. Dude, yeah, yeah I, I clapped. I was like, thank God. JJ's found some gusto as a filmmaker. We're going to get some real drama. Some real drama. Yes. And literally six minutes later. I was like, mm, I know it's so. That's the that's the Star Trek Into Darkness, JJ. I know. Oh yeah, there he is. My name, my name is Khan. <laughs> like, why would they care? Why would they care? They, they don't know who that <laughs> is. Star Trek. Like, we tick off the list. Tick off the list. We got we got Harry Potter. We got Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Yeah, right. Oh, We're hitting literally every base. What? How far can we go? How niche? Yeah. Um, oh no, that, that, I, I. We'll get to Hamilton soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lin Manuel Miranda is in Rise of Skywalker. We'll find the segue somewhere. Um, is he in really? He's in it for like. He, he he has a cameo. He's in it for like two minutes. He was on the set. On is he is he next is he next to bartender John Williams, which is one of the best cameos in anything? Oh ever. yeah, that's <laughs> great. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I've. Lost my train of thought. Uh, what were we talking about? Um, no, 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 your fault. Looks like, um, looks like Yes, looks like Saber. That's another thing is that like, you know, yeah. I do like the way that, you know, the Skywalker lightsaber is treated as this, this almost this allegory for everything that they're chasing, this legacy weapon. And the idea that they just mm-hmm. split it in half is again, a, a metaphor for this entire movie is that 
like you know you're looking for this this legendary thing and you have to realize it's not about that it's about what you're doing now mm-hmm. and like you know a lot of people have a lot of a lot of people have a um, problem with the idea that you sort of like you know disrespect the idea that you can just shatter a legacy weapon like that i i, I don't know that's that's neither here nor there um I do legacy weapon. Yeah, I mean, I I do maybe like, have like you know, I, it it sort of goes back to the Akbar thing. Like, would I like would I have liked to see more of Luke's green lightsaber? Yes, but is that like a be all and end all? No, um, because yeah. I just love Luke's. Oh, I love the fact that the first time we see him use it, he's kind of trying to kill a child. I think that's wonderful. But that's just my that's my. That's well, my let's get into that now because because <laughs> we've, we've talked about Luke a little bit. We've talked about him as the over about his yeah. overarching yeah. arc. But if you look at that scene where you were just talking about Trey, where he goes and he tells Ray about the night that you know Ben Solo in a lot of oh, ways yeah. became Kylo Ren. Look, I don't have look. You know when people look at. Uh, you know, Luke as this guy who tried to kill his nephew. Um, when he has that moment where he strikes up his lightsaber and he says it, like, you know, the, the thought passed like a fleeting shadow and I was left with shame and consequence. Like, in a lot of ways, look at Luke in the original trilogy, right? When he th- when yeah. he thinks that his friends are going to die, he immediately leaves Dagobah and says, no, sorry, I can't stay. I have to be this reactionary young, like, you know, uh, hero and go and save them. When Vader threatens his sister. If you don't turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. Oh, instantly, great instantly, light, lightsaber, never. Oh. And he, and he, and he, you know, strikes up his lightsaber and just has that rage moment where he cuts off Vader's hand. Exactly. And then when he has this moment in the Last Jedi where he sees in his nephew's mm-hmm. head all these people dying, Han Solo being killed, whatever he saw, it makes yeah, complete a new Vader. Exactly. It makes complete sense to me that he would, as the reactionary character that Luke has always been, would strike up his lightsaber and then instantly feel shame for it. That is something that I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with at all. The problem that I the, It's also the it's the same shot from Return of the Jedi, it is. which is great. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's but something He's that always been a person of emotion like that's the whole thing that like yoda criticizes him on it's like no what are you doing you need to kill vader to become a proper jedi it's like he's my father i can't kill him yeah. like the thing he cares about most is like his friends and family and so i guess feeling them threatened he would like immediately gut reaction have an instinct of like survival like gotta kill him but then like then that kicks in is like no what am i doing this is very wrong and so yeah, i will I say think as someone who watching it with someone who watched all nine like week after week she uh the, when she watched it she was very kind of like heartbroken by it she was like oh my god that's so fucking sad i need to stop swearing she's like that's so sad she was like she was like it's so sad and i was like really she was like yeah he, he's, he's went through all this and he's about to kill his nephew but he didn't and that's that's why this is she went on this like existential moment where we had to like pause the film uh so yeah, yeah so, no that's absolutely. that's the thing, i think it works that, i think that that moment is is um, very much taken the wrong way a lot of the time, and I do really like that scene. But the reason that it's so subtle and understated is why a lot of people, understandably, maybe don't grasp right. it in the way that Ryan Johnson maybe wanted you to. The only thing that I have a problem with in terms of that moment is that Luke mm-hmm. lies. He lies because of the fact that when he's talking mm-hmm. to Luke uh, Ray the first time, he's he he doesn't tell her the truth. He says, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, I went to confront him and he turned on me. Like, that, that's, I mean, it's not wrong, but in a lot of ways, it's like what Obi-Wan said, what I told you was, point what I view. told you was true from a certain point of view. Um, you know, I, I would love to write a Star Wars movie just to put that line back in something. Yeah, and then, I and then, know, just, just, to, <laughs> so and good. then Kylo ha- shows his side of the story and then Luke finally mm-hmm. tells Rey the true 
reason. Look, I understand that all the older stuff about Luke and his lightsaber, the reason he would uh, like he would strike it up so quickly. But I just I'm not comfortable with the idea that Luke Skywalker decided to lie to protect himself. And and in a lot of ways, I think, I think that's a problem that that one of the fewer problems that I have with the mm -hmm. writing of the movie itself is that I don't think in a lot of ways Luke Skywalker would do that. But that's just me. Um, well, I think that goes into the criticism that a lot of people have. Like, a lot of people had the idea of, I don't think Luke Skywalker would strike him down. And, like, you were bringing the idea of, I don't think, like, Luke Skywalker would lie about that. But that's, like, kind of the point of The Last Jedi. At this point, this isn't the Luke Skywalker he knew. The reason he absolutely. would lie, the reason he's yeah. hiding on Arcto and across the galaxy is because he's ashamed, is because he wants to get rid of the past, wants to just forget mm -hmm. about it, and he came there to die. And so I think that. While yes, you're right that he it's not necessarily something he wouldn't do in the original trilogy in terms of like striking him down or like that gut reaction, and maybe he wouldn't have lied in the original trilogy. It makes sense that he would at this point because he's like he's clearly trying to hide away from the the most of the the galaxy yeah. despite leaving a map. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Can we talk about the map for a hot second? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get it. back to that really excellent scene because I'm I'm on your side of this, Michael. But the, there's there's this weird point of contention with this 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 damn map. So like, technically, and I've seen videos on this. Technically, yes. Luke. Yeah. It's never confirmed that Luke himself left the no, map because that's it's just implied because R two has it in his files that that was left behind by Luke. But JJ also never. That's the thing. Anyways, we're no, say you know, we were talking about it. Easter eggs. We were talking him. about it just last week with Force Awakens. The map. I've yeah. looked it up on Wikipedia and all these, like you know, all this stuff. The, the, the map. <laughs> just dig it the Bible. Yeah, the, map, the map itself. The map itself Absolutely. is not a map to Luke Skywalker. It is a map to the First Jedi Temple. And the backstory behind mm -hmm. why Law Santeca has it in that first scene and he gives it to Poe is because apparently uh, is because uh, Luke Skywalker and Law Santeca had known each other for a while before Luke disappeared, and they had gone on many missions recovering old Jedi um, archives and map map stuff about the unknown regions that the Empire tried to destroy when the Jedi were, um, were, were wiped out. So if that's the mm -hmm. reason you want to give that the map is not a, a, a map to Skywalker, it's a map to the temple, then you at the very least need to make that clear at least clear. at the very least subtly because you can't just go out and have one big exposition scene where someone says yes this is a map to the jedi temple you at least need to have it be in maybe a throwaway line or something so you don't have these video yeah. essays about why would he leave a map and stuff but at the same yeah, time like, if they're yeah, trying to oh, make yeah. it so that it's a map to the first jedi temple then stop referring to it as he's carrying a map to luke skywalker and stuff like that the map yeah. but i actually i do i do like the idea that they say that all the time you know, the force awakens like it's one of the first lines in the movie right? yeah he's like but now we now with him we have a chance and that immediately gets not snuffed out but like challenged by ryan in his script and he's like no, no no luke doesn't want to be found and i kind of really like yeah that idea because it's almost like we hear everybody's side of this but luke's and people are are perceiving talking about from a certain point of view. People are perceiving this map to the Jedi Temple that's in R two D 2s databanks as this map to Luke. But what's that? Oh, just oh, just the idea that it was just with R two the whole time. You guys did Force Awakens last week. Uh, <laughs> that the first half of Force Awakens is beautiful. The second half has some issues, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I like the idea that when we get to Luke. Again, it just it's like it's like Ray's a shocked face for that first day when they hang out. So there's just every I feel like it was just Ryan Johnson 
telling every Star Wars fan in the audience, this isn't going to be what you think this is going to be. Whether it was him throwing the lightsaber, whether it was him milking that wonderful creature, which might be the best scene in any Star Wars oh, movie. That scene in particular. I talked about, I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but like, I love the idea that, and I kind of, when it, when it happened in theater, I said, awesome. Just because... I just seen Rogue One. Everything and everything in Star Wars, down to the Wikipedia page, is so mythologized. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was it was Ryan very early on saying, "No, no, no, we're not doing that here." And to the point of where he kind of like brought Blue Milk back to the reality. And it's like, you want to know what Blue Milk is? Here it is. And it shows Luke getting it straight from this animal. And thematically, it's like, look at this disgusting thing that you like to idealize so much that it's at Disneyland. I don't know. I could just be made. No, no, no! I, I, I think you're. I think all, you're like, right. People who just like last. Oh, it's, it's, I was like, I love all the. Oh. It's okay. No, that's okay. Go. Like it's it, it goes down to the. You're absolutely right, Trey. This like this this thing that Star Wars has become, where like the 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 stormtrooper like that's second off to the right in a New Hope that never even speaks has a mm-hmm. has a history like everything. <laughs> Literally everything, like a member of um of Figurin Dan and the Modal Nodes, like the second cast yep. member has like a family on Wikipedia and it. everything. Yeah. Uh, they all have they, yeah, they all have three books written about yeah. them. The band does have a book, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite character is like on screen for like five seconds. Is it, is it the so, devil from New it's Hope? Droopy McCool. Yeah. It's Droopy McCool. <laughs> no, it's Paul Lom. Oh, it's Paul Lom, right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Who? That's the thing. Is that every, I love it. Everyone. Um, listen, I rock my Orson Krennic pop bubble figure. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's I've in got, my hey, I love I've, it. Not normally a fan, but I've got her uh, right here, so I'll use her as my example. Mon Mothma on the screen for like yeah. about five seconds, and yet there's and oh, she's a one. And yet her Wikipedia player. page goes on forever. And I, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do love Mon Mothma. She's a great character. But um, uh, anyway, getting back to the Last Jedi, and I think if we just wanted to stay on Luke for a minute, uh, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um you know, Mark Hamill really didn't agree with the way Luke Skywalker was treated. And he's made that very clear in basically every time he talks about the last Jedi. But at the same time, I got to give so much credit to Mark Hamill because not only is he so, so good in this movie, he's the uh, performance wise. He's the best he's ever been in star Wars. Um, and in a lot of ways you have to have so much respect for him because in the, like I said, the director of the Jedi, the documentary we were just talking about, you know, he's, he had uh, discussions in like, you know, lengthy discussions with Ryan Johnson about the fact that I just fundamentally disagree with your views on this character. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you are the captain of this ship and I will do everything I can to fulfill your, yeah. to fulfill your vision because that's just, that's, yeah. that's, Talking about arcs, though, he definitely, by the end of it, and he talks about this, there's been multiple movies that have been talking about this, about how he has come around to really understanding what Ryan was going for yeah. and, and liking the, yeah, so. And that's a lot of, like, that's, that's, I mean, again, we've talked about it before, but let's just briefly mention Rise of Skywalker again. A lot of the ways when Luke shows up in that movie, when he has, the, when he has that discussion with, with Ray and he says like, you know, oh, I was wrong. It was fear that brought me here and stuff like that. When people, people instantly think that that's just, JJ trying to contradict Ryan, but it's not because that is the point that mm-hmm. Luke got to at the end of the last Jedi. He realized yeah. in a lot of ways, that was what he, he realized that the galaxy didn't need a, a Jedi to stand in front of the first order. They needed a, a legend. They needed a legend to, to mm-hmm. relight that spark that you see at the start of rise of Skywalker. That thing that you get to see where like, you know, regardless yeah. of how much Kylo, uh, Kylo or Snoke wants to try and, and, and snuff out resistance and just like rule everything. doesn't matter how small they are. There will always be that small, 
um, band of people who will fight against you, and that's and that's true, and yeah. that's true for everything, and not just. I mean Star that Wars. that coda that coda is beautiful. That final scene, I I, I wrote down when I watched. I was like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. I love that movie. Wes yeah. Anderson said. Wes Anderson says that the the wolf scene in that movie is the point of why he made that movie, and I can think of a better scene in the last day that represents what the movie oh, is. That's so true. Than that final. That is so Than that true. final coda. Where it's like everything Ryan was trying to say gets kind of put into this little almost short film where we end on this little kid holding a fake lightsaber like we've all done before, looking up to the sky, imagining himself being a Jedi. Um, It's a wonderful moment and a great way to end that film and a great way to end that saga. Speaking of J.J. though, uh, maybe J.J. shouldn't be a brave filmmaker because you're right. (laughs) He... He's presenting an, another interesting idea in Rise of Skywalker where Rey goes off and tries to make the same choice that Luke does in Rise of Skywalker. And then it, she just does it worse. So I'm thinking about like Ray Palpatine and how like Ugh. that's technically a brave choice, but it's not. Right. In, in the context of what had already come before, it's not, a, it's not the right choice. Like he's trying to make, he's trying to make a point about family and how you can choose your own story, but we already got that with the last film. I don't know. I'm sorry. Look, we'll get into that. And, get back to and, and Trey, if you want to come back for Rise of Skywalker next week, we'd we'd love to have you. But um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I guess in a lot of ways, the reason that this movie is so polarizing is because Ryan Johnson probably wrote it knowing that a lot of people wouldn't like it, and that's okay because, like, you know, I, I think that that is all right because despite the fact that this movie is. Well, I, you know, for lack of a better word, hated by a lot of people. I think that this was really the 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 kick. <laughs> This was really the 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 jump start. A lot of people hate it. I know this was really the jump start that a lot of people needed after Force Awakens and Rogue Mm -hmm. One. Rogue One, I really really enjoy Rogue One. Um, The Last Jedi was the movie that really said, "Okay, you think you know." the structure that Star Wars is going to give you? No, you don't, because this is completely different. This is not going to go the way you think. Is that your yeah. grandpappy's Star Wars film? <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult to do deconstructionist media. Like, I can't think of a lot of stories and films that try to do what Last Jedi did well. People try to do it all the time, but it often falls apart and comes across as, like, preachy and pretentious and up its own ass. Like, I think of what Zack Snyder often tries to do with his work, where... Oh, yeah. Like he tried to decon he tried to deconstruct Batman without ever making a Batman movie first. And like it's like he clearly doesn't understand what Batman is before he tried to make Batman be Superman. And um same thing with Superman, I guess. But like or like but I think Logan probably comes closest, right, in terms of movies that uh deconstructs the genre it's sitting in while also embracing the cliches of the genre. And I think that Last Jedi, like I said before, it's a, it's as watchman as a Star Wars movie as ever gonna be able to get. It's very nihilistic, it's very uh, weighty and heavy in its themes, but it's also, to quote Patrick H. Williams, a rip roaring good time. And <laughs> I kind of just wanted to list off a couple of things. Go for like, it. We already talked about the kick ass fight. The NBA, yeah, just like, you know, are we? <laughs> up to you. Up um, to you. No, just smaller moments. Cinematography like, wise, yeah. they well, just for one, they shoot it on anamorphic lenses. And so, yeah. as a film fan, there's like the every time it pulls focus to another character, there's like the stretch. There's a beautiful one during the Yoda sequence where Luke's like, "It is time for the for the Jedi to end." And as we pull focus to Yoda, the whole frame like stretches and like expands in this beautiful way. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Really it's enjoy. so great. Yeah, because the John Williams score slaps the the actual score, not the kind that you can find on Spotify, but like in movie, the music yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. And I wish there was more of it available for people to see. Uh, Ryan Johnson said, "Fuck the war." Down here, yeah. I'm looking at all my notes. 
Um, that's the thing. I think we've pretty much like yeah. covered a lot of the main like themes and ideas that we felt like were really well done in this uh, in the Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. we could talk for hours about like small details or small little things. Like we even even touched the Cantonica or like anything like that. But I think that's not necessarily yes. what's most important about the film. Like what's most important about the film is like its message, is what it's trying to say, and is its importance in the Star Wars franchise as a whole. And I think we've definitely addressed no, that. No, I think you're right, Michael, is that, like, you know, a lot of the way, in the way I like to look at films, analyse films, look back on films, is did they, were they trying to say something? Yes. Did they do it well? And I think the answer, like you, in Last Jedi, is also yes. And, like, you know, when we say that we have gripes with this movie, a lot of the time it is just smaller character moments and smaller things that I don't think were very on brand for a certain character. But at the same time, that is not what the movie is about. What a a, a film as an art form is supposed to uh, show you um, real characters in a real life situation that you could see if you walked out your door and went out on the street. Mm-hmm. And show you like you know a a a moral or a overarching theme, and if it did it well, then that's really all I can hope for. And like you know, smaller things like killing Akbar off screen and not getting to see you know Luke's green lightsaber that much stuff like that is stuff that I don't like. But it's also something that I can't overly critique the movie for. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Trey, were you done with your um your dot points or were there more? Oh well, I just I have uh. John Williams repurposes the Imperial March for the the track called The Spark when Luke walks out to face yes. the First Order with his laser sword. It's like a repurposing of the Imperial March, that bum, 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 bum. It's like a it's like an adagio form of the Imperial March score, and it's beautiful. That's my favorite. That's my um, favorite track from The Last Jedi when it's like dun 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 It's a beautiful track, and it and it and it immediately follows that beautiful repurposing of, of Luke and Leia from Return of the Jedi. Um, where I think Steve Yedlin, the cinematographer, is probably at his best with that like halo effect, oh, so good. light shooting through the windows. Um, and we've talked about acting and performances, but I don't think that we talk enough about Adam Driver and just how good he is in everything, but particularly this movie. So good. They're like he he can play comedic really well when they first had their first force connection, and he's like trying to figure it out. He's having so much fun. He's like. Yeah handing it up almost he's like can you see my surroundings i can't see yours he's like a little nonchalant about it he has like this weird slide into the hallway that's weirdly common <laughs> yeah i remember i, I and, remember distinctly yeah, lots of little, like, like attempt comedy throughout the film like yeah when ray's like uh you are a monster and like we push him real close and he just goes yes i am yes, I am." Yeah. his voice quivers on that am and i'm like that's yep. He, he does so much in the movie. He's so fantastic. Because in a lot of ways, in, in a lot of ways, you know, like you know, at that point in the movie, Kylo is having to convince himself of how dark he thinks yeah. he is, and and a lot of ways, I'm I think that's such a, a that's such a great arc for Kylo <laughs> itself. And yeah. I think if you just want to talk more about Steve Yatlin as the cinematographer for this movie, we've, we mm. I mean, it was the first thing we talked about as a whole, like I'll just go through some shots that I love. Obviously there's the Holdo maneuver, but there's also the so- the shot from the back where you get to see Luke and Yoda's shadows as they look at this yes. giant burning tree. One of my, it, it, that was my screensaver for a while shortly after the last Jedi came out. Mm-hmm. There's a, sh- there's a shot of, um, of Leia standing in the middle of the open door right before she says they're coming, shut yes. the door. And it's her, and, and, and it's her, and, 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 and it's crate, crate. Yeah. yeah. And it's just her yeah. standing in this yeah. desk 
desolate white landscape and it's so beautiful and like and maybe one of uh, one of my favorites if not my favorite is obviously in that moment with Luke and Leia there's that moment where where Luke uh, leans in and kisses um, Carrie Fisher and Leia on the head and as he uh, steps back the sunlight on crate like uh, shines right in the middle of their two faces yeah so the flare kind of vibe exactly when he splits them so beautiful eyes. and then there's that moment that's like it's a complete wide shot where you get to see Luke stepping out from the, um, from the busted open rebel, you know, base door. And as the spark, the score, the spark builds, it's just so brilliant. And then there's also a moment when I was in the theater, I thought they were going to cut to credits there. If I'll be honest, I was, it was, I was like, I was like, it's the middle chapter. I had just seen the Hobbit. I was like, they're, they're, they're they're going to build to cutting the credits, aren't they? But I forgot that wasn't this kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, After watching the Hobbit, you'd think that they'd like watching any film that's just like halfway through. Oh, that's where we're going to end it. (laughs) (laughs) If you see the red letter media review, they think that that's a good idea, but we don't have to get into those guys. (laughs) In the Hobbit. What have we done? End credits. (laughs) Mwah. I love Desolation of Smog. I don't care anybody. No, I, Desolation of Smog's like, good. I, I don't care. I, I love... Maybe the next one. I'm not the biggest no, no, fan no. of. I, I have no shame in saying that I love the first two Hobbit movies and then the third one is... is eh. But, um... What happened? I don't know. Just make them two movies. Anyway, we're off topic again. <laughs> we're, we're literally well, getting we everything. Lord of the Rings off the list. Star Trek. Oh, we hit Lord of the Rings, yeah. Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> Harry Potter, Marvel, DC, Lord of the Rings, and now Star Wars. I think we've done all the, I think we've done them all. <laughs> we talked about no one's Batman. Yeah, yeah, what, what else? We shot on Zack Snyder for a hot second. Um, if you're talking about beautiful shots, I think just in general, um, I mean... Steve Yedlin has a, a specific way of, because Ryan Johnson is not a big fan of digital cinematography because they, they shot the movie on a mixture of 35mm and IMAX film. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one shot I know for a fact that's shot digitally. It's um, it's in the opening scene. The cold. It, uh, it's a pan left shot on Paige's eye when she first wakes up after passing. Oh, out. yes. She yes, falls, I, cuts to black. Yeah, I know. That I, really I, awesome, yeah, that's shot on digital cameras. And they just, because they needed to have an open aperture to get the... Uh, shallow depth of field and i was like wow so it's just a fun fact about steve yellen he's really good at making digital movies look like film he did the same thing on knives out so yeah oh knives out great movie um i need to watch knives out oh, so good michael you'd love it treat yourself do a double feature watch director in the jedi and then watch knives out yeah and, yeah um and have a good sunday then get the sweater too yeah. join the cult no, no. um <laughs> you know what i i guess we talked about it a little bit and like you know it's a it's a scene so you don't really have to talk about it thematically but i just really have a soft spot for the scene with luke and leia before uh, which is basically the last time luke and leia get to speak um, because that's another, mm-hmm. that's another thing. Obviously, you know, we lost Carrie Fisher very shortly before this movie. Uh, actually, no, it was about a year before. Like, you know, she she unfortunately passed yeah. away in December of 2016, shortly after Rogue One's release. And then this came out almost yeah. a year after she unfortunately passed away. And um, obviously, she doesn't have a very sm- uh, very large role in this movie, but she has a larger role than she did in Force Awakens, and it's definitely her biggest role yeah. in the sequel She's trilogy. Great so, in this, she though, is so good. Carrie Fisher is really great. Yeah. In this movie. Fantastic. Um, yeah, the scene where with with her and Ben, where he's where they essentially have a minor conversation via the Force uh, when he's approaching the ship, yeah. and like they do the crossfades, it's. I was I, I don't know what else to say other than it's just really well done. Without a word really spoken. Like that's another is 
you know, a lot of the time, so much is said while nothing is said verbally. The last scene that Kylo Ren and Rey have is when Kylo comes into the base, he finds those gold dice, and he looks up, and the Force connection starts with Rey again. She's getting onto the Falcon with a bunch of other surviving rebels, and then they have their last connection for the movie, and as they're looking up at each other, Kylo says, without saying a single word, like, you know, I, I could have given you this, this, um, this, this chance, but you didn't take it, and Rey... Yeah. looks at him again saying no words and says uh, uh, you know uh, in a lot of ways you know I, I don't need you see you soon and, and a lot of the, yeah. in a lot of ways Lu uh, the same thing that Luke said to Kylo see you around kid and then she literally closes the Falcon landing ramp as their connection yeah. uh, finishes it's almost like it would set up Kylo to be a really good final bad guy for the trilogy yeah you know? it's yeah. almost it's gonna like, be great wow wow Ryan thing. really really took everything from him so he's gonna be really ruthless the next time around we're gonna have to really do everything we can to take this guy down right yeah Right? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's still the way it stands. Um, yeah, no, because that's the thing is Damn. the moment and that I never saw Star Wars again. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> They've never been another. The moment that I came they out never of, did another the one. moment that I came out of Last Jedi, I thought if in the next movie Kylo is redeemed, I won't like it. Um, because because mm. I was so excited because in the Last the Jedi they so set it. him up to be the Emperor, or the Vader, or however a you want to choose. genocidal maniac? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love um, it. Yeah. They so yeah. set him up to be that way, and it just, yeah, it didn't pan out that way, obviously, but as the film stands, Last Jedi itself, I think it does a lot of, um, a lot of good things. And, uh... I get to make the Warcraft joke next week. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Um, when we were talking about Return of the Jedi, or, or maybe even something else we were talking about, uh, after being redeemed, uh, how like they were redeemed, but like they still did a lot of war crimes, so they kind of had yeah, to yeah, right. They still they they genocide know, war crimes. times. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess right. to make the war crimes joke again. Billions dead, but sure, yeah. let's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what if he controlled a fascist empire that has resulted in the deaths of yes, billions? Yes, right. You know. kiss, kiss the fascist. I guess. I mean, Finn's right there, but by all means, kiss the fascist. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh. Uh, it's one. It's I think it's the only Star Wars movie to in universe say the title of the movie, and he does it with such class. It's wonder. It's Rogue One does it, I guess technically, but like yeah, it's well, they don't say a so Star Wars well story. I know they didn't have the balls. <laughs> no. Phil Lord and Chris Miller have done it. What are you, Rogue One, a Star Wars yeah. story? In in, in the Lord and Miller movie, they would they would have very easily made that line work. But no, I love the way. I love the way kind of like Ryan Johnson uses the title of the movie as like this final thematic button. Mm. I love the way Luke's like, no, and I'm not going to be the last Jedi. I remember being in the theater being like, ooh, that was slick. They really snuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the last Jedi, the, the title of the second film is even said in The Force Awakens. Snoke says, leading them. It is. It's in, it's in the, the Last yeah. Jedi. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's the title for this, a great the title. title for this movie was set up in Force Awakens. Like it's always been there. Um, yeah, you know what, guys? We've had a great discussion about The Last Jedi, and I think I've said a lot of the stuff that I really wanted to say going into this discussion. And, I mean, like, we... we Michael, you said that we didn't talk a lot about Canto Bite, and you're right, I don't really... Which, Canto Bite is... It's not... Canto Bite is not a good part of this movie, and also... I can write. I can. I can give a decent defense. Didn't even address right, BBA it's either. Like, it's a lot of. Yeah, it's it, it's nothing that's like going to. It's not the thing you walk away from the movie remembering the most. Exactly. Unless you like vehemently hate the movie, I guess. But, Plus, everyone's yeah. talked about things like that, and I think I think yeah. it's an interesting it's discussion totally to talk about scenes. more things behind like it. Just, yeah. yeah. It's like two yeah. scenes. They spend maybe twelve minutes on Canto. Also, who else? I checked. Yeah. Just to, yeah. who else forgets that Benicio del Toro was even in this trilogy? 
Oh my god! Yeah. I love, I love him so. I love Benicio great. del Toro. <laughs> Such a great actor. Uh, I mean, if you've yeah. no one to use Benicio del Toro as uh, being in whether it's Sicario or the Collector in the oh, Marvel yeah. films, he's so good. And you could have yeah. you could have used him yeah. so much. And yeah, look, you know, I guess I think he get, he gets one of my favorite lines in the movie though. Right? Toward his final line, where Finn's like, "You're," he's like, "You blow him up today, you'll blow blow I'll blow you up tomorrow, yada yada." Yeah. And the thing goes, "You're wrong." And he goes, "Maybe." Which is improvised only, by the way. But he was like, I think that's a great moment for that character. It's, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it, the, you know, it's the crux of the. Also, it's pretty fun interactions with BB-8. So yeah, when they What's first that? meet, he's got some pretty fun interactions with BB-8 when they oh, first yeah, meet. Oh yeah, they have a nice little moment. Yeah, I can watch. I can watch a little Disney Plus series with these. He calls him. <laughs> yeah, he calls him Roundy. Good uh, body comedy. He calls him yeah. Roundy. What's your story, Roundy? Roundy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there but, you go. Okay. One thing though. The biggest thing we missed in our entire criticism or entire discussion, we didn't talk about the Porgs. The Porgs, though. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. They're the I best. I love them so much. I know they got the hit or miss, but upon reflection. There's that, there's that really I, weird moment. They should have put. Which, hmm? There's a really weird moment where not, I know, Chewie's cooking the Porgs. But at the same time, <laughs> there's that moment where the one that he's about to, to eat it looks like such a perfectly formed prop with the legs in the right, <laughs> yeah. like in the right <laughs> like spot. A, ple- a piece of styrofoam. <laughs> it, it, it honestly yeah. did, and that's something again I can't judge the movie for. But when he's about to go, and like it literally looks like something that is like a perfectly formed like piece of plastic. I don't care for that. Yeah. But that's again, it's. It, <laughs> I love how it like when he like yeah. scares it, it just goes up. It doesn't like fly away. It just like shoots in the air. <laughs> such a good well, they, like they didn't build the puppet to move yeah. laterally, so yeah. just, they pulled it on a string and, and took the string out. Pose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I completely derailed what you were saying, Jack. No, no, no. I was basically done. It's okay. And um yep. yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways that wraps up the discussion. Would did you guys have any uh closing thoughts on The Last Jedi? Um I will quote I will quote the the YouTube channel Filmjoy, who did a really beautiful defense of this movie back when the fervor I thought was still pretty hot. Yeah. Um it's hot difficult on purpose. You know, and that's what Ryan Johnson wanted to make. And if you've seen anything else by him, including Knives Out, which I can't wait for you to watch, Michael, it's a wonderful movie. Yep. Don't look at it, watch it. It's a movie that, you know, he's a he's a filmmaker who knows and is really, he, he's in love with the concept of genre and everything about genre. And because of that, he knows how to mess with yeah. it. Um, and partly because of that, it's probably, it's my favorite Star Wars really? movie. Really? That's fantastic. So um, yeah. 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 And, uh, Oh, it's it's in my top fifty, is probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you know what? To um, it, so. It's 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 very true. I mean, like, I I do really like this movie. Um, there are, again, there are things that I don't like about it, but a lot of the time, they are things that I can't judge the movie for on a on a huge whole. Because as a mm-hmm. film fan, as I have been for mm-hmm. years, someone who likes to analyze movies, I simply go into a movie as did this movie do what it was clearly trying to do and did it and it and did it like you know yeah. uh, advocate a theme and did i understand the theme and it didn't need to be like spoon fed to me and i think a lot of the time last year i does that in in spades so i do um uh overall right. have a lot of respect for this movie so yeah um michael mm. yeah. michael oh i, I just uh, jokingly at the start i'm like hey it's a good film uh, yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> it's it it reinvigorated my love for Star Wars again at the point where I'm like, I was so excited to see where this franchise was going. And like after this film, like after Force Awakens, I'm like, this is cool. Like I- I'm excited yeah. for Star Wars. And then Last Jedi comes out and I'm like, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes. So uh, I guess we'll see yeah. where it goes next week. 
Yeah, right. As as uh, well, so I don't mean to derail that segue into the end of the show. No, but like, you brought up of like you said, Jack as a film as a film fan. I talked about this the last time I was on the show. You know, you can watch this movie as a film fan or as a Star Wars fan. I think get hmm. I think get plenty from both ends of that spectrum. Uh, but I think that ideally, Star Wars would be a place where film fans and Star Wars fans can get something from it. Like for every Mandalorian, there's a Last Jedi. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I, that's I heard an interesting comparison a while ago where, um, I mean, again, we're touching on all the fan bases here, but uh, it actually has to do with um, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and um, the yeah, the third, the third Iron Man movie, <laughs> Iron Man Three, uh, because in that movie, you know, they they destroy mm. all the suits and they ha- and and he gets the arc reactor, get it out of his chest, and all that stuff. And in a lot of ways, it was almost like they were trying to get rid of Tony Stark as a character, despite the fact that Robert Downey Jr.'s contract was still there for like another six movies. And in a lo- and I've heard a comparison that says Iron Man Three is a good movie, but it's not a good MCU movie. And in a lot of ways, I've heard the same comparison mm. for Last Jedi. That Last Jedi is a really good movie, but as a Star Wars movie, as an eighth chapter in an overarching saga, mm-hmm. it's not the best. And I understand where, where a lot of people are coming from when they say that. And I'm sort of in two minds about that particular comparison, mm. but I, I, don't, I don't, I really don't know. Um, I, I, I definitely, I think, I think using phrases like that are a good way to classify one's somewhat confused yeah. feelings for something like that. Like I, I've yeah. heard that about Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, among many, like, oh, I heard yeah. about the Dark Knight. Like the Dark Knight's a great movie. It's, it's just a bad Batman movie. But like, I think ultimately, it what that does is 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 it it's more about how you as a viewer, as a fan, choose to classify your yeah. piece of art. You know what I mean? Hmm. Because I can make the argument that Attack of the Clones is a bad Star Wars movie. That's just because I think yeah. it's a bad film. It's not a bad quote unquote Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? But I, I think that like. I think the biggest fallacy walking away from this movie, other than probably the fact that they treated Luke poorly, which they didn't, is that the movie concludes things. Because it, it still leaves things open. I think when people hear the term cliffhanger, they think of like Empire Strikes Back or Star yeah. Trek or Infinity War, where things are just deary, there's no resolution, and then we cut to credits. Um, but I think Last Jedi, it moves the franchise forward and then says, all right, let's go somewhere from here. But that's not necessarily an ending. It is at best a season finale. Um, yeah. But even then, I think that still that gives it. I think there's there, like I said, like we said with Kylo Ren, there's still so much you can go. Like like, like Kylo Ren and Ray didn't resolve their relationship. Finn still has to because at the end of the film, Finn is where Poe is at the start. Finn goes from being a deserter to being a hero, and Poe goes from being a hero to being a leader. So there's still time for characters to grow and become something more. Um, no, I definitely like that idea of yeah, you can what you can interpret art and through many different views, many different like like perspectives. And I think yeah, like, mm-hmm. like depending on how you look at this film, shows what you get out of it. And I think if you go into it with many different perspectives, you get different results. And one of them being yeah, if you look into it as a film, there's so much you can get out of it. But I think even if you look at it as a Star Wars film in the greater perspective of the Star Wars franchise. I think it does, as you say, set up these ideas, these ways to go forward, and like builds and plays enough on what previously came before, but moves it forward in enough of a direction that I think it does have and deserve its place within the Star Wars chronology of the Skywalker Skywalker Saga. Yeah, step that up. 
He got there. One hundred percent. And I think that is a fantastic <laughs> way to end the discussion, guys. And I think as a as a Skywalker, uh, mm-hmm. you know, saga retrospective thing that we've been doing, uh, Michael and I often rank the movies as we go. We're eight movies in now, so I think we'll. I'm not sure if we'll have the same ranking, Michael, but uh, we'll give it a try. So, um, and you can obviously yeah. chime in. Try. I know you. You probably. I'm not sure if you have your ranking off the top of your you head, but we'll do it now. Okay. I do. I, I actually I have it on letterbox. I can All right, go ahead. Yes, well, I can. I will. Um, you guys go ahead and go. I'll just okay, no. Great. You I'll go first. So I would go. Um, of the eight movies that we have so far, we haven't done Rise of Skywalker yet. Um, number eight, uh, Attack of the Clones. Number seven, Phantom Menace. Number six, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Number um, what was that up to? Number five, uh, Force Awakens. Number four. Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, number three, The Last Jedi, and number uh, number two, Star Wars, and number one, Empire Strikes Back. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Every time we say we're going to be different, same ranking. <laughs> well, you know what? Same you know what? In a lot of ways, I said this. Uh, I often sort of go back and forth between Return of the Jedi and and mm. um, and Last Jedi, and for one particular reason, um, I think that Last Jedi is indubitably a better film than Return of the Jedi. But because Return of the Jedi has been around for ages and it's part of the original trilogy, I just enjoy yeah. watching that movie so much that it's part of my child. Yeah, there, there isn't a lot better than the last fifteen yeah, it's so, minutes of Return, Return of the Jedi. Oh, it's probably Return of the Jedi is so best part of the original trilogy. in my in my Absolutely. just being that I often that I could very easily put Return of the Jedi at number three and Last Jedi at number four and vice yeah. versa. But I think that that is the yeah. final ranking that I have to go to in terms of best films, best movies. That is my ranking, yeah. and Michael, apparently yours is the same. So. I just love it. Well, I mean, it's almost like we do a podcast together where we have similar styles. <laughs> you know, yeah, you gotta watch out for that homogeneity of the podcast. Yeah, but uh, yeah. no, I agree, hundred percent. Like, yeah, I could similarly go back and forth. I think Return of the Jedi has got some of the highest peaks, but like consistently, it's a bit of a slower film and yeah. not always as good as as like throughout the original trilogy. But Last Jedi for me just hits thematically and like emotionally so many beats that just aren't hit anywhere else in the Star Wars franchise as well. And so I think, yeah, it's definitely up there. I'd yeah. put it in third spot. But Trey, where do you come in? I am, we're ready. ready. So I don't, I'm yeah. not going to include, I'm not, I'm not going to include the spinoffs or, Rise of Skywalker, even though, even though yeah. they have their spots on this list. So yeah. from, from worst to best, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. I love it. It's a good movie. I don't, I don't know uh, there. Yeah. When I rewatched it with my friend, I was like, this, this is, is like really enjoyable. It's a good, good movie. And then the, 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 yeah. the, final, the final third is like a genuinely well-made Star Wars film. Uh, A New Hope, Force Awakens, Empire, Last Jedi. Wow, that's that's wow. I know, right? I know, right? (laughs) This man trying to burn us down. He's trying to get us canceled. (laughs) The past die. The past (laughs) die. And somewhere within there, I won't reveal Sits Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, no, so I, uh, I have a particular yeah. ranking for Rise of Skywalker that I'm actually very excited to share. And look, and uh, I guess that's where we'll yeah. end the podcast for today. And if you guys, I mean, it's a real 
joke. But like, again, next week, maybe we'll diverge in our ranking of the list only for it not to be able yeah. to do the exact uh, same. Well, anyway, again, guys, but, oh, yeah. if you guys right. have stuck around for uh, nearly an hour and 50 minutes worth of talking about The Last Jedi, we really, really appreciate it. Some people who may hate The Last Jedi probably uh, have probably uh, tuned out in the first half hour. That's okay. Oh, they made it yeah. 10 minutes then. Because we were very positive today, off. and I think that's... Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about yeah. Holdo in like the first five minutes. They probably turned off that. Literally, we were. I was like, well, I love Holdo. Like, this guy's the worst. Just Get rid of this hate. Yeah. Hate. Um, yeah. So anyway, that is our show for today, guys. Thank you yeah. very much for listening and watching. If you guys have made it through, uh, you're the best. Trey, thank you so much for talking again. Uh, this was maybe yeah. the best. Dis- I think personally, Ooh, maybe the best discussion you. that we've had in our twenty episodes that we've done. Um, and. Uh, Trey, if you would like to come back for Rise of Skywalker next week, because I have a lot to say about it, and I think you have a lot to Anytime. say about it, then we would really, really, really want you to come back. And if you do, please let us know. Um, you can find Trey at a white picture. Is that right, Trey? That's where you are on social media. Yep, at a white picture. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, you're for some hot political takes and some hot, even hotter yeah. Star Wars takes. Some hot political. Well, I, I I enjoy I do enjoy your Twitter feed, uh, Trey. It's it's very interesting, and um, yeah, I mean, Thank only you, you can you. only you out of the three of us can speak for the uh, climate in the US of A right now. So I'll we'll leave you up to that. We no, we won't go, go up tonight. We, <laughs> we already did tonight. Last Jedi. We'll yeah. No, 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 we're not going to go there tonight. <laughs> um, the time. Yeah, there won't be there won't be time codes for this episode because there was really just one thing we talked about, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, We'll be available as of twelve p.m. AEST on the Monday instead of the Sunday this week, but that's okay. And the YouTube version will go on the 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 next day, and I uh, hope you guys will find us there. And uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we can find you can find us there, and um, all the different podcast platforms that you can listen to. Um, they're in the description. You can probably find us if you're, I mean, you've probably already found us given that you're listening to us, but that's, uh, yeah. If you're listening, and, you've found uh, us. Go jump to another platform. Give, give another one another shot. Exactly. See, 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 see where it takes yeah. you. And, um, yeah. And yeah, that wraps it up. Probably going to do Rise of Skywalker next week because we're only about, uh, we're, we're as of, as of next week, two we'll be weeks. two episodes away, or two weeks away from um, from, from the Mandalorian. So, and <laughs> yeah. then we'll start to from review that as the episodes yeah. come out. And um, yeah, that's it, guys. Thank Weekly. you very much for listening. This has been Telling, Telling the Odds.